Brent Martineau. You see him every day on CBS 47, Fox 30, Action Sports Jack. Austin Lane. He's a former Jack star and current MMA fighter. Broadcasting live from the Anna Jar and Levine studio. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. Summer break is officially over. School is back in session, ladies and gentlemen, at least for us out here at ESPN 690. We had a nice little week break. Um, I played Alice Cooper's schools out for the summer probably two times, and then uh, I had to get myself back to work and watch some sports. But today, we're going to talk about some U.S. Women's National Team soccer. We're going to be joined by the Armada U23 uh, head coach, Aaron Pitch Cohen. Maybe talk some men's soccer as well. Going to be talking about possibly the greatest knockout in MMA history, in my opinion at least. Who's going to win the Western NBA? I know Kuz ha- has a thought about that. And also, a little Jaguars news as well. What free agents out there right now should the Jaguars possibly take a look at to help improve their team? Austin Lane, joined by uh, my co-pilot, my co-host for the week, Stuart Weber, now that Brent's on vacation on a cruise, I think. How you he, doing, Stuart? Yeah, he's actually back from the cruise. Oh, okay. Uh, so now I don't know what he's doing. Now he's just doing whatever he wants to do for a week. Probably listening to the show, taking notes, and getting ready to go over with them next week. It's very possible. I was working all last week, by the way, so yes. while while we were quote-unquote on vacation. I was on vacation. Sure. I guess you still had to work I, I still bit. had TV work I had to do. So, <laughs> so uh, you're probably busier than ever. You know, I mean, a little, little double duty this week, but I, I love it. Uh, I'm happy to be here. You you might have noticed that I'm here because you said the word like soccer ten times in the intro. That's a, the biggest sign that I am here. Yes, soccer. Uh, because... As everybody in Jacksonville knows. Big buzzword right now is soccer. I like like to talk some soccer. Yes, yes. How was your uh, 4th of July, man? It was good. So this was actually the first time in seven years here for me that I have not worked on the 4th of July. Because usually you'd you'd be doing what here? Usually I'd be anchoring the sports casts. Oh, okay. So Brent and Dan would go off and spend the day with their families. Uh, That was fine by me. I came to work. I got paid double. And I got catered food. So I didn't mind that, you know, not an awful thing. That being said, I'm never working July 4th again. (laughs) I'm just throwing that out there. Uh, Shout out to Marcel Robinson, who anchored our shows on Thursday and will continue to anchor on July 4th for eternity. Okay, fair enough. Because I had a blast. I don't know if you knew this, but uh, there's quite the hullabaloo down in uh, Jack's Beach during 4th of July. Big time stuff in Jack's Um, Beach, 4th of July, yes. quite, Quite the occasion down there. Did you have a beach cruiser? I did. Okay, then then you're all set. I was on yeah. a beach cruiser uh, with some friends of mine, and uh, it was a good time. Cool. Coos, what'd you do for the Fourth of July? Coos, the producer, pushing all the right buttons, man. I figured you would be at the Jack's Beach too, taking part in the Fourth of July shenanigans. No, see, you used the fourth because I actually had to work on Friday. Oh, so I'm the only one that had vacation the whole time during the show. Okay. So I went out Wednesday night, did all my shenanigans that night. Okay. Used the fourth as a recovery day. Smart. Went and saw some fireworks down in St. Okay. Augustine and uh, was in bed by uh, 11 o'clock. Okay. Okay. Fair well, enough. I mean, different strokes for different folks. W- were you in bed by 11 o'clock or did you pass out at 11 o'clock? No, like, I was in you bed. Were conscious I, was, at 11 I was just o'clock. hungover all the fourth. <laughs> <laughs> I just sat on the beach hungover. All right. Fair enough. Fair Nothing enough. wrong with that. No, it, it was a good it was a good weekend. Yeah, uh, see, to me, though, the weather was kind of uh, a bummer because 
you know, me having a son now who's, who's four years old, I mean, it's about the fireworks right now. I, I just can't go by myself to the beach 4th of July and ride around on my beach cruiser and just, you know, getting faded, as the kids say these days, even though I have a fight coming up, so that wasn't in the cards anyways. But um, we're looking forward to the fireworks, but unfortunately there was a lot of rain and we didn't want to make that trip down to the beach and then have it be rained out, especially with the traffic and everything. So we literally did nothing, like just sat at home and watched Stranger Things. That's about it. I don't know if I'm a horrible person, but fireworks really don't do as much oh, for me. And maybe Stuart. when I maybe when oh, I get a kid, no. it's gonna it's gonna spark back up. Yeah. Uh, you know, to use a good pun. Yeah. But like for me right now, it's just kind of like, yep, there they go. All right. See, Pretty if I cool. could get, if I get my hands on some like, and we talked about this on the show a couple weeks ago. Like, Florida, for whatever reason, they're pretty strict when it comes to fireworks. It's like, called wildfires. Roman That's King, why they're I guess strict. so. Well, yeah. so be it. It, 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 it kind of rains lighter, too, so sure. uh, definitely calm down about the rules. But uh, you got bottle rockets. You got Roman candles, man. You can't get your hands on any of that here. Like, literally, the only thing you could probably do if you're a kid, and I'm not trying to advocate kids blowing stuff up, but uh, when we were kids, we used to take sparklers and make sparkler bombs. You familiar with sparkler bombs? Yeah. Yeah. So basically what you do is you take a pack of like probably like four packs of sparklers. You take uh, like this black electrical tape, tie them all together, and it makes one giant explosion. Once again, not advocating it, just saying um, if you want a pretty cool fireworks display, go ahead and do that. Yeah, it's all over YouTube. I'm just curious if you had any Husker do's and Husker don'ts. With, with without the scooter with stick. With or without the scooter yeah, stick. No, yeah, never had any of those. Mostly just snakes and sparklers for me growing up until sure. I got into high school. Then it was the Roman candles and bottle rockets and stuff. So. And at that point, it was lit. And then it was lit, as the kids would say. Yes, ma'am. So now, and we'll get into it a little bit later. But I want to talk to you about the whole Daytona Five. Well, not the Daytona Five Hundred. It's the Coke Zero, Coke Zero Sugar Four Hundred. The Zero name calorie. grows. The no, name grows every single year. You'd be surprised. I know it's a little crazy. Um, how was that? How was it covering that event? So for for racing fans, it it has forever been known as the Firecracker. Because mm-hmm. for the longest time, it was the Firecracker Four Hundred. They've run it sixty one times, fifty nine straight, ending this year. By the way, have been run on Independence Day weekend. For the longest time, they'd always run it on July 4th, no matter what day of the week it was. And then, I think it was the 80s or 90s, they said, okay, we should put this on the weekend because, you know, let's not be dumb here. Uh, so they put it on the weekend, but next year the schedule is shifting. So this was the last running under the lights, quote unquote, during Independence Day weekend. Okay. It's a Saturday night race. Yeah. Uh, sure enough, uh, storms on Saturday night. Just a crap show. Just... Just awful. <laughs> Just wipes out the whole race. Marcel Robinson was down there and wasn't able to do anything okay. and just came on back. And so they moved it to Sunday at 1 o'clock, and still uh, weather obviously played a role in the end of it. For me, it's always, it's fun to cover because I'm a big NASCAR guy. Grew up going to the races, grew up going to this race in particular. Uh, but you could tell that, that you know you lose the buzz when you got to postpone it a day. Mm-hmm. Uh, you move it back a day, and you know everyone's ready for that Saturday night show. All the fireworks because they love fireworks. Uh, most people do. I'm just a weird person, but um, you know the big fireworks show, the the night race. It's different from the the 500. Uh, so a little bit of the steam gets taken out of it. Um, but man, nobody could have predicted the ending for the Coke Zero Sugar 400. And for those who didn't see, uh, they had the big one as they always do, the big wreck. That took out all the contenders. Uh, and when I say all the contenders, I mean everyone who had a chance to win essentially was taken out in this wreck. Yeah. Uh, it left Kurt Busch in the lead. They thought they were going to go back to green. He didn't have enough gas to finish, so he came into the pits. On that very next pace lap, 
NASCAR said, red flag, bring them all down pit row because there's lightning in the area. So that leaves Justin Haley in the lead. This is a guy in his third ever Monster Energy Cup Series race in the lead at Daytona in the number 77 car for Spire Motorsports. Mm-hmm. All this stuff you wouldn't have known coming into the day. He was just an also-ran. going to be honest. Never heard of the kid. Uh, neither had I. I'm a huge no NASCAR guy. No racing fans. Never heard of the kid. I'm a racing fan, and I didn't know yeah. Justin Haley, other than the fact that he finished second in the Xfinity race on Friday. But So Kurt Busch kind of gets uh, the old, I don't know, you know, like the, uh, what is it, the Montreal Screwjob? Yes. So this is the Daytona Screwjob. Okay. Because he came down pit road thinking that they were going to start it back up, and instead they red flagged it and ended the race. Yes. And so he doesn't win. He goes, drops to 10th. And Justin Haley gets the most muted celebration of a win at Daytona ever because they can't do it outside because there's a lightning issue. So they just have it in this big empty room. And you have all the media in there. You don't have the car. They didn't drive the car in. Mm-hmm. They don't spray the champagne or the drinks. By the way, he's 20. He can't drink. Yeah. So get Let that the, get, get out the Capri Suns. Get, get out the juice boxes. Get him some for the orange kid. slices and, yeah. and celebrate. But it, it was just like even the post race interview was just kind of like, yeah, this, I, I'm very excited. And it's just like, you're not. You literally are not excited right now because mm-hmm. you should be like over the moon. But he had to wait out this whole like hour process of did I win? Did I not win? And in the end, he won. See, and when it comes down to like a technicality like that, that does not help the sport at all of uh, of racing. You know, and I think a sport where, and I'll be honest, and I've said it before on the show, I'm, I'm not the biggest fan anymore. Like I was when I was a kid, I didn't have the, you know, the household names like the Jeff Gordons, the Dale Earnhardts, and things like that. Now it's a bunch of guys that honestly I've never heard of before. And then we have things happen like this, well, on a technicality at Daytona, which is arguably probably the biggest racetrack in the U.S. So it's not a good look, I guess you would say, for NASCAR. It's not how they wanted to end this weekend. Yeah. Uh, let's say that because, you know, you have all these fans that stuck around an extra 24 hours. You want to get that race in. Mm-hmm. Um, and the lightning, the lightning just kept happening in the radius. And anyone who covers sports or plays sports knows all about the radius. Mm-hmm. Knows all about that, you know, five, six, whatever mile radius in NASCAR's. It was eight, eight mile radius. Uh, and every time a lightning strike happens in there, you got to wait 30 minutes. Yeah. And it's just, it's so frustrating when, for literally the first hour of the delay, it wasn't raining. The lightning wasn't on top of the track, and here they were waiting when they could have finished the race during that time. But safety has to be a precaution. You got to think safety. Zero summer vacation for Stuart Weber has to be out in the rain on the track doing oh, his I job. Was, man, I was inside eating oh, chicken you're wings. Inside? Yeah, don't worry. How, so let me ask you this: How is like the buffet? Like, how is like the catered stuff for for the media people there at, at NASCAR races? Uh, I have a sense that it was just kind of thrown together for that Sunday because. They weren't expecting a sure. Sunday. Uh, it, it's not bad at Daytona. There's there's better places uh, in the world of sports as far as the, the buffet goes. Players' championship. Uh, the players' championship. Yeah. Terrific. Uh, yeah. But I will say they, they did bring out some fried chicken and uh, mac and cheese. Okay. So, and then later chicken wings. To, Can't so go wrong with double that. Double down on the chicken. Can't go wrong with that. Hey, welcome back in ESPN 690. I want to get in probably, in my opinion, the biggest story of the weekend. That's sure. the U.S. women's national team. Big story. Why I think it's probably the most important women's team of all time. Not because, yes, they won another World Cup, okay. but the way they did it. And I'll get into that next on ESPN here 690. The Women's World Cup is now in the books. If you were watching, you weren't alone. People all over the country, the world, 
Heck, the universe were glued to this final. And man, what a final it was as Team USA picks up the 2-0 victory over the Netherlands. Action Sports Jack Stuart Weber here with Austin Lane. We're going to touch on many topics over the course of the next two and a half plus hours. But right now, let's let's jump into that final from the Women's World Cup. And Austin, I know you were watching it. Obviously. Obviously, I'm a, I'm a big USA fan. Sure. So anytime I can cheer for the USA, I'm going to do it. And I did watch the USA take on the Netherlands in the final. But I'm just going to preface this, and I teased it a little bit. I want to get right into this quick. Sure. You know, I think with what the U.S. women's team did here, with how they went about their business, with how they were talked about, um, I think it is the most successful women's soccer team in history. And I'm going to say it like this. The very first game, they they go against Thailand, right? What do they do? They score 13 goals. Everyone was saying... The old Baker's dozen. The old Baker's dozen. Everyone was saying, oh, they were showboating too much. They were showboating. They should have been celebrating after the after the sixth goal, let alone the 13th goal. And all these women, you know, they're, they're showboating. And it's all this narrative of where we're, we're too cocky. You know, we have, to, we have to mind our P's and Q's because we could get beat. Cool. Guess what, though? We were talking about it. The world was talking about it. I remember that the Canada networks received a lot of criticism and actually some death threats, which isn't cool, but they received a lot of criticism for, you know, questioning the U.S. tactics. So that was the first game. So people are talking about it. Then what happens? Megan Rapino, not Rapino. I've been hearing a lot of Rapino. It's Rapino. Went on a bit of a rant against Donald Trump. And listen, this isn't a political uh, sports show, so I'm not going to get into that. But anytime, I would say this, anytime Donald Trump calls out an athlete, it seems to benefit the athlete. Okay? So what happened? Alex Morgan comes to Megan Rapino's aid. So does uh, soccer great Abby Wambach, who used to uh, play on the national team. So, oh, Gator, so all of a sudden now, not only are we talking about celebrations, but now we're talking about politics as well with, with the U.S. women's soccer team. But guess what? We're talking about it some more. So then let's go into the, you know, let's go into some more games coming up. So then they take on France. They're underdogs in this game. You know, France is the host nation. Everyone was picking France. Well, not everybody, but a lot of people were picking France to win this game because, number one, it's in their own backyard. Um, They had the players to do it. And to be fair, set aside from the Thailand game, the game before that, the U.S. looked a little against Spain. You know, they got lucky with the penalty kicks. Um, wasn't necessarily their best game. So they didn't have a lot of momentum going into the, the France game. Well, what happens? USA beats France. And I said, and I think a lot of people agreed, where if the USA beat France, whoever won that game was probably going to win the World Cup. That's what I agreed on, at least. But so I take on the English team. What happens again? Alex Morgan scores a goal, does a little pinky thing, you know, was she mocking the the tea drinking English people? Maybe or maybe not. But the fact was, there's guess no what? Ma- there's no maybe. Okay, not. she was mocking. Yes, yes. Okay, all the heat then she wanted. Yes, that's fine. But you know what? People were talking about they it. Were? Pierce Morgan was losing his mind. Pierce Morgan, who is you know well, I guess one of the biggest personalities in England. I'm not sure if I can confirm that, but he's a pretty popular guy. Okay, he was on Twitter losing his mind over Rapino doing the. Like the, the ballet open arm thing. It reminded me like of Randy Orton from WWE when he puts his arms up like that. Well, that's what it reminded me. Going of. forward, it's the Rapino. Okay, it's the Rapino. We'll call it the Rapino. So Rapino was doing the Rapino. Alex Morgan was lifting her pinky finger up, drinking some tea. And it was a direct, I guess you want to say, swerve to the English national team. Much to the dismay of people like Pierce Morgan. So guess what, though? People were talking about it. And now let's go on to the, the championship game here, the final. Uh, take on the Netherlands, a team that 
holds a dear spot to your heart. I want to get into we'll that get a little bit, that, too. Yeah. yeah. But, um, you know, in, in a game that the USA was supposed to win. And guess what? They did win. I think the way they won it, um, it was great. Where, yes, it was a penalty kick. I think it was the right call. Rapino puts it in the net. Great. But then, not to be outdone, rolls the valve, kind of like a young upstart, um, scored the second goal and put the game away. And I thought it was cool how Rapino, who's in her mid-30s now, one might think it was probably her last World Cup, um, scores that goal and then kind of passes the torch, if you will, to a, a very promising Rose Laval. Well, if you've seen her play at all, I mean, a lot of cool promise coming from her. So I think the future is bright with that team as well. But here's my point, sir. And that's why I kind of broke down what happened with the sure. U.S. and we're yeah, talking about him. Step, yeah. yeah, step by step, literally. Here's my point, though. There's a reason why Conor McGregor is the most popular MMA fighter. There's a reason why Tyson Fury is the most popular boxer, and there's a reason why Jalen Ramsey is the most popular Jacksonville Jaguar, with all due respect to Clayus Campbell. Not only are they masters of the craft, but the way they speak, the way they celebrate, the way they conduct themselves, people talk about it. Whether they like it or not, people talk about it. And what was the biggest story going into this World Cup for the U.S. national women's team? It was getting equal pay. Now, I'm not going to be the guy that's going to vouch for, like, oh, well, you should pay the women this much and this much. That's not my job either. I'm not a political kind of guy. Um, I think they should get paid more, yes. But if you look at the World Cup numbers overall, yes, the men make a lot more money um, than, than the women do. And that's just facts. And same As thing with, with everything, there's arguments on both sides. Uh, of course, sure. there's arguments both ways. But what I'm saying, what the women want to accomplish by getting more money, by making at least a fraction of what the men are making, you have to be talked about. You have to be must-see TV. And through all the celebrations, through all the political controversy with Rapino and Trump, through everything that happened with the, with the tea-sipping Alex Morgan, all that stuff, you combine all that stuff, and guess what? You know what it was, uh, Brent Stewart? It was must-see TV. And at the end of the day, if you're must-see TV, people are going to pay to watch you. And, hey, guess what? Hopefully this is a big deal going forward, and now maybe women get paid more. I thought it was a genius play on their part. Yeah, I I will respectfully disagree okay. in that this was the most important squad for the U.S. women's national team. And I will point to the 1999 team that won on home soil uh, the first World Cup victory for Team USA. And really the, it was the spark. It was the genesis that caused these players to be what they are. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I certainly get your point in that it's, this is the next step. Yeah. This is certainly the next step in that evolution of the game on this stage. But there is no next step for Team USA without that 1999 team, without the, the Brandy Chastain moment. And, mm-hmm. and that's another thing you were talking about is getting people to talk and, you know, the, the penalty kick to win it, the ripping off the, the jersey, that moment got everybody talking. Yeah. And it got a lot of young girls interested in the game, and the, those girls ended up being some of these players on this team. Uh, so I will, I will say the 1999 team. But it is interesting how much in the discussion it is right now. I'm very curious to see how long it stays in the discussion. It's like when you talk about the Olympics. It's an every four-year thing. And when you're not in an Olympic year, are we talking about Ryan Murphy being an amazing swimmer? Mm-hmm. No. You know? No, because we have football, we have basketball, we have baseball. There's other we sports We have everything else going on. But it, it's a little different in that there are leagues that you can keep up with these exact same players in the non-World Cup years. Uh, and I'm talking about the NWSL, the National Women's Soccer League, which uh, – 
props to Budweiser for jumping in. Maybe it's just good PR, good timing that they're saying, <laughs> now we're going to jump in as this big sponsor because everyone's got their eyes on them. But how long can you keep this conversation going, keep this spotlight on these very deserving female athletes in this sport that obviously creates great drama, creates great television. Everybody was watching it. And how long do you keep that going? I know in in England they're making huge strides in, in their version of the the women's league, uh, where they're now going to start doing some double headers. Uh, Man Man United just started a team. They got a big clash in the derby with United or with City already, and they're going to have that in the big stadium. So like you see these international leagues, and and part of the reason it's getting so exciting is because the other countries are catching up. Mm-hmm. This this. Obviously, it was it was a dominant effort by Team but USA. Which to me was more impressive, though, just because back you know in the, with the Mia Hamm, the Brandy Chastains, one could argue that maybe those teams weren't as athletic, they weren't as talented just yet, just because there is a catch up time. I mean, USA kind of they had the funding right away, they had the backup, you know, and everything like that. But now, I mean, you're starting to see France, you're starting to see other teams, England, come around and get, and get these programs underway, and the competition level starting to rise up a little bit. Yeah, and that's the thing. You you look at some of these teams that that were playing in this FIFA Women's World Cup. The Netherlands, this is their second World Cup ever. Mm-hmm. Last one back in 2015 was their first one. So they do a World Women's World Cup. Then they won the Euros two years ago. They were the best team in Europe two years ago. This is a team in its fledgling stages. It is still so young and to have already made it to this level, uh, same goes with a team like Spain, only their second World Cup. So you have all these countries that are developing these programs, and they can't keep up right now with the depth and you know the talent pool the Team USA has. But watch out because they're putting money into that infrastructure, into those women's leagues. Those club teams are putting the money in. That's not happening in the U.S. right now. We still have the best players and the best team, but it's – it's changing. That landscape is changing because they're putting resources behind academies. And while we do certainly have our academies here in uh, the United States, and as you mentioned, we'll talk to Aaron Pitchcolin about the Armada Academy in just a little bit. Uh, he joins us in the 4 o'clock hour. It, it, Europe is catching up. So mm-hmm. we'll see how long they can keep this going and uh, what happens in in 2023. Get excited, folks. All right. When we come back on the show, though, and this question may – Lead us to how this week's going to go here, but I want to hear who you were cheering for during that World Cup final because you have ties to the Netherlands. Obviously, you have ties to the U.S. I'm curious to see who you're cheering for because if you say the wrong answer, Stuart, I might walk off the show. We'll see. Making headlines. Just next. throwing it out there. Yeah. <laughs> And welcome back to Action Sports Jacks on the radio. Stuart Weber here alongside Austin Lane. And and Austin really uh, poked the fire a little bit going into the break uh, as we get into this discussion. You may notice my, my highlighter today. So you answer the question right now then. Is actually the color orange? Yeah. I'm not saying anything. I'm just, I'm right, just well, pointing pointing well, out facts. Let's throw it out there right now. Sure. Then. Let's stop beating around the bush. All right. I'm, I'm playing good cop and bad cop at the same time here, but I want answers. Don't know how that's how that works. But well, sure. check it out. I have a split personality. Uh, okay. Who are you cheering for in the World Cup final? Both teams. Not possible. You had to pick one. It wasn't possible, and that's why I couldn't watch the second half. Of Didn't the game. watch the game. Didn't watch the second half. Didn't of the even game. watch the game. So I went. Okay. So for those of you who don't know. I am half Dutch, half mm-hmm. American. My mom and my mom's side of the family, all born in Holland. Most of them live over there. 
Um, and then the other side of the family's American, American-ish, you know, English four or five generations back, but whatever, American. Um, obviously, I've grown up in America. Yes. I've been here since I was six months old. Um, so I would identify as an American. I have jerseys for both teams. I have uh, a couple Dutch jerseys, a couple American jerseys. I wore my USA jersey. Went down to uh, the old watering hole where everybody watches. Okay. L- Lynch's. That's where everybody watches the soccer matches. Yes, sir. American Outlaws uh, set up there. And uh, I was surrounded by a lot of friends. The entire first half, I was miserable. I I could not enjoy watching the game. And, you know, this is why people well, don't have two favorite teams. From, just from the stress standpoint? Like, the stress. What, what was going through your head? Like, okay. you were stressed? Like, you didn't want... It was so stressful. Like... Every single time something would happen, it could be good for one team, but then it's bad for the other team. Yeah. And it was, it just like, I couldn't, I couldn't express any sort of emotion either way because everything was just boiling inside. And, you know, as a member of the media, you know, and I've done it for over a decade now, I've gotten very good at simply observing sports. And I kind of had to turn on that mode because you, you turn off fan mode, you go to media member mm-hmm. where, you know, your job is to observe and then to be able to objectively an- analyze what's going on. And I had to go to that because I just couldn't I couldn't do it. It was and for people who have two kids, I guess it's one kid versus the other. I don't know. Maybe you like one kid better than the other. But two kids that you equally like for this example, let's say Brent's twins. Yes. I would assume that you know he he likes them both equally. Yeah, I don't know. I'm assuming things. Yeah, and, and them going against each other, and it just oh well for me personally, I'm I'm cheering against Ty every single time because he, <laughs> he talks smack about Murray State. He does. And, yeah, and and my golf game. So not cheering for Ty. That's so just me though. You're Team Kaylee. We'll I get am you Team sh- Kaylee all day. We'll get you a shirt for yes. that. Uh, but it was rough for you. Uh, it was so rough, and, and and perhaps adding to to that was the fact that I'm surrounded by Team USA supporters, which is fine, which is great, you know? Well, you're at Jack's Beach, man. What yeah, you no, expect? And I, and I yeah. know that, and I know that. That's obviously the thing. There was one lady in an orange shirt. Okay. Uh, one one Dutch supporter was there. Bless her heart. <laughs> uh, but it, it was rough because when you're a fan and you're going against somebody, that other person becomes the enemy, you know? Of course. You you see it in the the sipping of the tea when well, you're going against yeah. England, and especially it seems like with soccer, you know, like national soccer teams, where maybe the fans of the sport, and not to knock everybody, because there are some great fans out there, but let's be honest, I would probably say over half of the fans that were cheering for the U.S. women's national team here aren't diehard soccer fans by any means. I would agree with that, but they're they're a fan of winning. I think they're a fan of being patriotic, mm-hmm. and you know, it's uh, it's something like the bandwagon's always open when it comes to a national team. You know, like the, the bandwagon's never going to leave the station. All right, it's there's good tires on it, good shocks on it. It's never going to fall over. Okay, yeah. the bandwagon's always open. So from that perspective, I feel like it's a team you can always kind of tie your your boat onto, basically. You can, yeah. And and the fact that it's some of these non-sports people, it, it leads to a different sort of banter and a different way of doing things. And this was less, this wasn't in person. There was nobody there outwardly saying, uh, you know, there's only two things in this world. I hate people who are intolerant of other cultures and the Dutch. Awesome that, powers yeah, reference. Yep. That, I got that. That didn't, that wasn't happening. That yeah. happened on, on Twitter. Plenty. <laughs> um, but as I mentioned, Twitter and social media, 
it's really easy to to separate an opponent from being a real thing. Mm-hmm. You know, you can just trash them to, to to high water or whatever just by you know disconnecting it from an actual thing and making it the full on enemy. And when you're somebody who supports both sides, it was so tough. Now, as an added caveat to why I didn't watch the second half, I was in a car, I was driving, so I could have listened to it. Um, I was going down to Daytona for the race. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So I caught the first half, drove to Daytona, covered the race, drove back up, went back to Lynch's, caught the second half of the men's game. Gotcha. It's a full and day. What did you think of the men's game? Uh, we could certainly get into it a little bit more. Yeah. When uh, when we got the Armada coach yeah. on. Um, but it's it's steps forward. It's it's hard to see that in a loss, but it is steps forward. And and we can certainly ask Coach Coach Pitch Colon about that in a bit. I want to ask you one thing. Yeah. Uh, so once again, I'm, I'm a casual soccer fan. Sure. I mean, I will support the national team through and through. Um, did I know the men were playing last night until I turned on around 10 o'clock to see like, okay, didn't really know they're playing, but it's all good. Whatever. But, uh, the CONCACAF. CONCACAF, yeah. Gonna need you to shorten that name out a little bit. I mean, listen, like, and it's a prestigious and i say that in quotes it's a pretty prestigious title uh for those of you that don't know like i didn't it stands for the confederation of north central america and caribbean association football it's a flaming trash dumpster oh whatever you want to say uh, it is really yes okay the, the trophy looks like a flaming no, trash dumpster. no that organization oh okay well as, regardless as, as far as international soccer governing bodies yeah and there are so many awful ones in yeah. this world it is one of if not the I'm looking at you, Formula One. Most corrupt sports wow. in the world. Okay. And and they've had leaders taken down for all this money. The The next Men's World Cup is in Qatar. Going to be honest, don't really know where that is. It's in the Middle East. They've got, but, mo- they've okay. got money there. Okay, gotcha. That's why it's in there. Because okay. of these enormous bribes that were paid to the people that run Really? That run FIFA. Okay. And people have been taken down for those bribes, but it's still being held in Qatar. Taken down, like put in jail, or like taken down, taken down? Taken out of positions of power. Okay. Some have, have been sent to jail. Well, by all means, keep bringing this stuff up so we get flagged, too, and we can get taken down as well. Well, we're not getting taken down for anything. <laughs> we haven't done anything wrong. <laughs> I don't Miley, know. We posted a Taylor Swift song, and we almost got taken we down. We almost got taken down. My oh, only well. point is, the CONCACAF, you got to show the name up. Like, you think of, like, the legendary trophies, like the World Cup, the Stanley Cup, the Super Bowl, the Lombardi Trophy. Well, the 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 championship you win is the Gold Cup. But in, it's still the Con... con but it's the Con... CONCACAF con- is just the governing body. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm a little cooler with that. So, thing. like, called- the World Cup is the FIFA World Cup. Yes. The Federal International Football Association, yeah. that whole deal. But so, it, but if, if you're a soccer player and you say, yeah, you know, I was on the team that won the, the Gold Cup, and they ask you, well, what Gold Cup? Oh, you know, the Confederation of North Central America and Caribbean Association Football. Um, Essentially, it's the three North American countries no one's buy you and drinks. the ones in the Caribbean. Okay, I'm just saying, yeah. if, oh, if, no, if you're I'm, trying to break it up, no I'm one's going to buy you drinks So, it, it's gotten so bad in this organization, when things are getting really wacky, in a game, and this happened last night just by the the officiating, which uh, it was very loosely officiated. It was a Royal Rumble. It was a Royal Rumble. To say Rumble. the least. Um, you, you can basically say, we got CONCACAFed. That's, that's the expression. <laughs> that's what it is. That okay. is an actual soccer yeah. expression, is that we got CONCACAFed, because they put this El Salvadorian ref into this game who had no idea what was going on. I mean, on. there was one point where... 
uh, a Mexican national player literally choked. Yeah, there was a choking of Weston McKinney. Yeah. yeah. It just choked the guy. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. yeah just, you know, yeah. a little slap on the wrist. It's all part of the sport, I guess. Speaking of choking, we'll get into this afterwards. I want to hear your experience with one Maxwell Jacob Friedman. Oh. <laughs> I think we're going to have to get into that next. It's to get a joke. What's going on? Okay. We're going to have to get into that next right yeah. here on Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Hey, welcome back to Action Sports Shacks Radio on ESPN 690. Here with you weekdays from 3 to 6. Hopefully, if you're not listening on the radio, you catching the stream on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, anywhere you possibly could imagine. We've got the streams for you. One of the cool things about the YouTube page is uh, you get to put some interviews on there from your AEW coverage. <laughs> and uh, we're going to jump into that a little bit now as... Uh, you went down to Daytona Beach for Fighter Fest. Yes. Uh, the All Elite Wrestling, for those who don't know what we're talking about, which uh, for those local fans who are interested, of course, Fight for the Fallen coming up this Saturday night down at Daly's Place. Uh, part of the bigger reason we'll talk about it sporadically here throughout the week Yeah. Uh, because it's a big local event that's going to bring money to the city of Jacksonville and, and towards a great cause as well, and we'll get more into that later. But first, I want to kind of recap not as much the event that was Fighter Fest. We could certainly talk about yeah, that. But it was great, by the way. It yeah. was great. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we can get into that in a second. I want to talk about the post-match interviews, <laughs> which, by the way, aren't aren't 100% normal in the world of professional wrestling. You look at no, not WWE at all. doesn't do this. This no. isn't a thing that they do. I have seen New Japan Pro Wrestling does it in a way... Uh, Sort of, but not quite to this extent where it's this is open media. This is, mm-hmm. uh, you know, ask questions and they're going to give you answers as a normal person for the most part. The occasional person will come in in character. Yes. If you could expand on who is the greatest heel in AEW, MJF. One of the greatest heels, I think, right now in all professional wrestling, Maxwell Jacob Friedman goes by MJF. Um, so to kind of set the scene a little bit here at Daytona, so after the match, they bring all the media members um, to this room, and there's probably about 20 of us or so, and uh, guys that I've seen at double or nothing, so I was saying hi and everything, and all of a sudden, uh, Mandy, who's in charge of the media, comes in and says, all right, we can get Nyla Rose in here, we're going to have the Bucks, and we have a special guest. We have a special treat for everybody. So I was like, oh, it's going to be a Kenny Omega or somebody, you know, a guy that we haven't interviewed yet. Um, that special treat turned out to be MJF. Maxwell Jacob Friedman. Um, for any wrestling fans out there, for anybody that's new to the wrestling genre, he is what you would call a heel. And the heel, basically, easily put, is the bad guy. It's the villain. It's the villain. Um, if you watched Fighter Fest, uh, you saw him, because to set the scene too, Fighter Fest is actually, it's a, it was a wrestling thing, but it was also a video game conference. So, I mean, you don't want to throw out the word nerd around, but there was a lot of nerdy people there, as as MJF was saying. A lot of crossover on that Venn diagram. Exactly. Yeah. So MJF went full heel on the fans that were there, and um, I, I don't want to repeat what he said because I can't say on the radio, but mentioned their moms a little bit, mentioned about them living in their mom's basement, and, you know, the, the basic stuff. Sure, sure, sure. So in comes MJF for the press conference now, and... I was thinking as you'd be like a normal guy. You know, I was going to ask some questions like, what'd you think of the crowds? They're really playing off you. What's your, what's your future's going forward? 
oh no, the, the guy comes in white hot and immediately starts going after the media members. Um, I think he called one media member a pissant and then got in his face a little bit right when he walked in the room. So I'm like, oh, this guy's in full character. So I got to bring my A game now. I've looked online, by the way. I can't find anything where he's not in full character. No, this is, and is it even a character or is this who he is? I it mean, might it be, might just yeah. be who well, he that's is. Part I mean, of, that's part yeah, of the fun. Yeah, yeah well, we sure. say character. It might just be who the guy really part is. Part of the fun. So, uh,. I ask him a pretty basic question, sure. and he's a guy that calls himself, um, you know, the the fastest rising talent in all elite wrestling, and I disagreed. Uh, I think Hangman Pages because Hangman Page is going to be the first guy that's fighting for you know uh, fighting. I said wrestling for the heavyweight championship against Chris Jericho. We've had Hangman Page on the show. I'm a big fan of his, and I just bring up Hangman Page's name. Sure, try to get a little dialogue going. Yep. That was my question. Before well, before you get into this. The 20 media members there, who would be the least, the one you would least want to get into a fight with? Not trying to talk myself up or anything, okay? I'm, I'm not trying to flex on anybody, but I probably had everybody by about 150 pounds. Okay. Okay? All right. Just, just, throw, just, just throw, throw it out, out there. there that you're, okay. you're the big dog in the room. I, I am the big dog in the yeah, room, to okay. say the least. Now, when I was in uh, Double Nothing, Mark Henry was there. Correct. Mark Henry, world's the world's strongest, world's strongest man, strongest man was the big dog yeah. there. But guess what? This is Daytona. I'm running the show now. I'm the big dog. <laughs> That's it. So I asked him the question about Hangman Page. He doesn't like it. And I, I can tell it kind of threw him for a little loop a little bit. And he calls me an a-hole. And yeah. I say a-hole because uh, I have to censor it out for the radio. Sure. But then he goes on this tyrant about how he's basically the, uh, the you know, the, the biggest star or whatever. But the whole time he's doing it, He's looking right at me. Right. Like, he's not breaking eye contact with me. It's a beautiful thing about being a media member. When you yeah. ask somebody a question, they can answer it right to you. So I'm like, okay. Yeah. Like, all right. We got, I mean, like, this is good. This is good stuff. Yeah. So I'm like, I didn't think anything of it. By the way, it's on our YouTube page. Yeah. ESPN 690, Action Sports Jacks. Check it out because it is riveting. I didn't think anything of it. I mean, I'm pretty good at reading people. Sure. And, like, I can read that. Yeah, he's. this is who he is. Like, yeah. he's trying to sell this up. The cameras are there. I get it. Yeah. It's all good. I take pride in being able to read people. So let's fast forward now to like three or four questions later. And it's something along the lines of Hangman Page gets brought up again. And now he's like full-blown talking to another media member, getting in their face. But then mid, like mid, once again, he's going on like these giant rants, mid rant, starts staring at me again. And now I'm thinking like, dude, (laughs) I'm like, I'm just trying to ask the questions, but he's looking back and forth at me. And he keeps making eye contact, and now it's to the point where, like, a guy next to me is kind of, like, tapping me. He's like, dude, what's going on? I'm like, so, like, now, like, the media members who have a lot more experience in the wrestling world than I do at the moment are thinking, like, dude, you, are you cool? Is everything cool? I'm like, yeah, I hope so. <laughs> so uh, I ask him a few more questions, and then and then he leaves. But uh, even, like, when the room left, like, when he left, like, the room was just, like, what just happened, man? And, and, and. I don't think he was mad at me. I don't think he wanted to fight me. I wasn't worried about that. But um, you know what? I think he's trying to be the biggest heel in the business, and that's how you do it. So I will ask you this. Do you think any of those media members might think that you're you're just a plant? You're a plant in there to yeah. build up this rivalry, maybe? Sure. Well, you know, you, I mean, you have the look of somebody who could who could certainly do this. Yeah. I mean, you're a provider for for relatively a new, like they haven't seen you around. You've there. only showed up at AEW events. True, right. no, true. That, that that's very well a good point. But um, I'm pretty sure Tony Khan has blown my cover. And yes. here's another funny story. So, I mean, we're all interviewing Tony Khan. He's the last guy to come in. And um, once again, I'm new to the whole press conference thing. 
Um, the way I had it set up was I had my cell phone recording it. I had a microphone. So I'm, I'm holding my cell phone recording at the same time. Well, didn't turn my phone off. And guess whose phone went off during the interview in front of everybody? Loud. And they, by the way, volume up to 11. Very okay. loud. Very and loud. Only made worse by the fact that Tony then points it out. So then Tony calls me out and says, hey, if you're still playing for the Jaguars, that'd be a fine right there. So then... He started to kind of explain, like, so this guy that you always see at these press conferences is Austin Lane. He used to play for my dad. He used to play for us, the Jacksonville Jaguars. So we get into like this 10-minute just minute story of me playing for the Jaguars and in the stadium and things like that. So people kind of figured out who I was after that. But uh, needless to say, Tony Khan kind of called me out a little bit for having my cell phone go off. But what are you going to do, man? I'm still new to the game. You are, and, yeah. uh, of course, the, the event's coming here to Jacksonville this week. It is coming here to Jacksonville. Uh... We'll have to see if uh, maybe MJF and uh, <laughs> and Austin so, Lane have to face off at some so point. So like, here's the thing about Which, that too. By the too. way, he was standing on risers too, so oh yeah, he had a little bit of a height advantage at yeah. that point. I don't know if that gave him a little more. Well, and, and here's you know, the thing about it too. Like when I go, like we went to the Super Bowl. I mean, I had a blast. I was interviewing people. I was interviewing some heroes of mine. And you know, uh, you have to be on your game, but you can also kind of be laid back and just go with the moment. I feel like now I go to these all elite wrestling events, dude. I gotta like. Get myself a pep talk. I gotta listen to some music to get my mind right, just because I'm not sure if a fight's gonna go down or if like there's gonna be some exchange of words or what's going on. So we'll see what happens at Fight for the Fallen here. I'm sure MJF's gonna be there again and want to talk to me. So we'll see where the story goes from here. But to set the record straight, I am not a plant. No, nope. right? okay. I'm not getting paid by all wrestling to try to antagonize these wrestlers. I'm just a fan who wants to get the story, man, for the radio station. That's all I'm trying to do. So no, I'm not a plant. We we do love that that fan aspect that you have and the ability to uh, then relay that to our listeners because I know we got a bunch of people mm-hmm. in the area who uh, who love talking about it and some people who don't. Uh, but that's why we have three hours. So yes, we get a little little hit on it here. Yes, and uh, we'll we'll touch on it throughout the course of the week. Obviously, uh, it's got the big impact on Jacksonville with the yeah. event coming up this week uh, down at Daly's place. I'm curious to see what that setup's going to look like. Well, and here's my thought about it. It's going to be hot up. I mean, it's going to there's going to be airflow, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not going to be completely indoors. And if you if you want to call wrestling a sport or not, whatever. But guess what? There's a lot of athleticism involved, okay? And it's a it's a strenuous um, uh, sport. I'm gonna call it sport. It's a strenuous sure. sport. So the fact you're gonna be outside doing this. I really wonder how these matches are going to go, man, because I remember practicing out here, and it's one thing to just practice football for five seconds, six seconds of play, but to wrestle for, like, 20 minutes of pop? I just stand out there with a camera, and it gets hot from me. And There's going to be some good, some good tag matches coming up in, yeah. in this event, and we'll talk about it throughout the course of the week. I just tweeted out the interview, by the way, oh, cool. uh, from our YouTube page. So, at Stuart A.S. Jacks, you go check that out and watch Austin Lane get yelled at. We'll yeah. be right back on ESPN 690. Welcome back to ESPN 690 here. Um, if you guys are interested in watching me at home or via work, we are on Twitch, Twitter, YouTube, Facebook. What am I missing, Coos? I think I hit them all, didn't I? That was the big four. That was the big four. Not um, to mention podcasts later tonight. And podcasts later tonight. Can't see you on a podcast. You can't Did we see say me. Twitter? We said Twitter. I said Twitter. Twitter. And, uh, on Brent's Twitter, even I'm though gonna, he's on a beach somewhere. I'm going to be using an ice cream scoop to eat my lunch during the next break because <laughs> I accidentally forgot a fork. And the lunchroom is out of fork, so I found an ice cream scoop, and that's what I will be eating my lunch with today. Real riveting stuff if you guys want to tune in and check that out during the next break. That's what I highly recommend to. it. That's where we're yeah, at. Yeah, I'm just basically a guy that's trying to get the views, man. I'm, a, I'm what they call an influencer, if you will. So uh, 
over the break, you know, and it's funny because Brent mentioned this. He's like, now's the time to take the vacation because it's the dog days of summer. There's not a lot of sports headlines going on. July is a perfect time to take a little break. And I agree because usually, I mean, it's right before training camp. Uh, the NBA is done. Uh, there's not a lot going on. There's baseball. Cool. We can talk baseball a little bit, but can you really talk baseball for a whole week straight? Probably not. The NBA free agency may have been the craziest free agency in the history of basketball. And I was sitting around last week just thinking, you know what? We could be talking NBA free agency right now. And I know Kuz was just chomping at the bit to get back to work here so we can talk about it. So guess what? We're talking a little free agency real quick here. More specifically, I think the West, because I think the West is the most interesting part. And to start things out with, next season in the NBA, is it probably going to be maybe the greatest season of all time? And in terms of excitement and just in terms of how excited you are to watch it? I guess it depends on what you're kind of looking for. At least with the NBA now, it really does feel like there is, um, you know, six parody. or seven. Yes, we got parity. Six or seven mm-hmm. different teams that could potentially win it, which a lot of people are really liking because a big knock that is always on the NBA is there's like one or two guys every or one or two teams that could win it every year or the Warriors in most cases. Exactly. I mean, you go out to the West now. I mean, you have Kawhi going to the Clippers, and the Clippers all of a sudden are the favorites to win it. And they've always kind of been like the little brother to the Los Angeles Lakers, and I, I get that. But to be fair, that's not like the Lakers have done that much lately either. But now all of a sudden you have Kawhi Leonard, Paul George going to the Clippers. They're the favorites with Patrick Beverly on defense. I mean, how are you liking the Clippers now? I like the Clippers a lot. I think the uh, Paul George uh trade was really what threw everything for a loop. Nobody saw that one coming. Um, And that was the one that surprised me the most. Like, Kawhi to the Clippers, I think that was the original talk. Like, Mm -hmm. that was where it was. Even before he went to Toronto, they were saying he's going to go to the Clippers. So that doesn't surprise me that much. What surprised me was following the stories of how Kawhi went around getting Paul George on board, essentially, Um, you know, setting up meetings with the Lakers and then also say like moving it all the time. Were you awake for that Woj bomb? That was a 1:30 <laughs> yeah, in the morning back to back Woj bombs. I was I was up. Um, I was awake too. Yeah, I was I was up, but I also but didn't. Joy to live. I didn't believe it's it. Not awful. When it happened, to yeah. be honest, like I was up. I was literally like. Do you think he was hacked? No, I was like about <laughs> to go to sleep and I read it and I guess cause, just because I was kind of like about to fall asleep, like I read it and it didn't comprehend. Then you went and ran five miles because you couldn't fall asleep. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just went to sleep and then I woke oh, up and I was exciting. like, yeah. I was like, oh wow, okay, that actually did happen. I thought that wasn't actually a thing. Well, and, and Paul George going to the Clippers puts that team over the top now, in my opinion. What I'm curious about is what exactly happened with Oklahoma City Thunder. You, uh, there should be, you want to talk about ESPN 30 for 30s? There's ones on hot dog eating contests. Where's the Oklahoma City Thunder one? Because you have a team that had Kevin Durant, James Harden, Oladipo. They still have Russell Westbrook. For now. For now. We'll see. And couldn't get it done. To me, that's crazy. Like, it, that's gotta be a direct correlation of management coups, wouldn't you say? Or coaching? To have all that talent, well, and, and I get it, the, the talent came in. Like I mean, it was different. They, they like, all at the Depot, same time, Oladipo wasn't there at the same time that yeah. Harden was, right? And Harden was being used as a six man at that time. So it was at that point Dur- Durant and Westbrook's team. I believe Stephen Adams was actually there as well. Kendrick Perkins was there at one point too. Who was like, coaching it at that point? 
No, he played. I'm saying who was coaching oh, it at that point? I think Donovan was there. There was a I switch. I feel like Donovan was after Harden. Uh, he may have been. It was right around yeah. that time when the, when the coaches changed. I, by the way, the, the biggest Oklahoma City fan in this building. Ooh. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm not. Marcel. Um, Marcel. Marcel is. Uh, Corey Sima, one of our weather meteorologists, yeah. is also a huge OKC oh, wow. fan. I am simply a... Billy D's my guy. Uh, <laughs> I got you. So that's who I pull. That's who I pull for yeah. very loosely. And yeah. I and I feel like this year is going to be very interesting for the Warriors be, or for the Warriors for the Thunder because I mean, with everything that happens, that's a very hey, let's blow it up move. Let's start over and probably trade Westbrook at this point as well. Yeah, Marcel chiming in. Scott Brooks was still the head Scott coach Scott Brooks, okay, yeah. perfect. I knew it was... And, and there was, Like but, I said, he's the biggest fan in the building <laughs> of that team, <laughs> he not knows, me. Yes. Yeah, he knows these things. So I, I, I'm interested to see what teams can go for Westbrook because that could also add another team to this mix of teams that might be able to do it this year. Is it going to be weird when in the NBA draft the Oklahoma City Thunder have every other pick? <laughs> it might be. Uh, that's pretty standard. I mean, it's like the Boston Celtics kind of had, you know. Um, yeah, they're gonna have a lot, <laughs> to yeah. say the least. I mean, they got the Los Angeles Lakers as well. Anthony Davis reunited with Boogie Cousins, who to me, Boogie Cousins is, is he done. Is he? So here's the thing: it's almost like the Andrew Bynum effect. Remember, there's a time when Andrew Bynum was one of the best centers in the league. I don't need he, to go through this again, he, but yes. Oh, I'm because he injured his knee bowling. I, I'm telling the stories. It's, it's, it's a very, it's a very physical up. sport sometimes. Okay? This, is, this is why I'm not bringing it up, because he went to the 76ers, and yeah, Kuz is a big fan. Oh boy. But Andrew Bynum, you had a guy who was second-team All-NBA on the Lakers. All right, He was one of the best centers in the league for a little bit. Gets traded to the 76ers, goes bowling, might have... May or may not have had an injury. Now, arthritis was linked to that too, Kuz, so don't make yeah. fun of the guy too much. No, there was there was prior injuries. Yeah, and everything, he was using so. too heavy of a ball. There let's, it is. Let's be honest. But uh, <laughs> needless to say, ends up going to Philly, and he was never, he was basically a shell of himself right. and kind of fell off the map. And with Boogie Cousins now, not the same thing. Doesn't really have arth- arthritis, I don't think. But you have a guy like that, a big dude who has come off some pretty serious injuries to his legs. Um you really wonder how much he has left. Now, with Boogie Cousins, they're not going to bring him in to be the guy for 30 minutes a game. doesn't have to do that, especially with Anthony Davis now. But if he can contribute 15 minutes a game to start out with and everything, if he's healthy, then going forward, use him more in the playoffs, we'll see. But it's, it's a big question mark. Well, and here's the thing. So when he was with the Pelicans before he got injured there, he was very – their team, we only had about 20 or so games of it. Of an example. And at that point, if I remember correct, I remember talking about it. They were both the top five to ten in the league for points and rebounds. So it was working. And the team was actually making a really good run to the playoffs at that point. And then Boogie went down. And that was when the All-Star game was going on. That's why Anthony Davis ended up wearing Boogie Cousins' jersey. So I think it can work. Um, I don't think it's as easy to say that the Clippers are better than them i think they are better than them but i don't think it's by a lot like i think at any given time either team could take a win from each other so who wins the west well that's still for debate because we're we're talking about the rock i mean listen the rockets are not the favorites by any means but there's rumors that russell westbrook might be courted by the rockets rock i think i heard rockets um heat and i also heard the knicks at one point so and and this is why it's so crazy you have the rockets 
you have the Denver Nuggets, who I think are one of the most underrated teams because no one talks they're about always, them. Yeah, they're always underrated. They finished second in the West last year. Yeah, right? exactly. And they should have been they're first. One to shot be away, they're one shot away from going, yeah. you know, to the finals, uh, or to the to the Western Conference Finals. You got a team like the Jazz, who another underrated team, really quiet team. They have Donovan Mitchell. I they think got one Conley of, now too, right? Mike Conley just yeah. joined the club as well. Two underrated guys, in my opinion. So the West is wide open, man, and um, I think it's going to make for some great. Watching, well, if you're going to stay up until that late to watch yeah, them, look, the look out for the Phoenix Suns now. They might win 20 games Easy next now. year. Easy with the Phoenix Suns. They, but, could, they could win 20. I think a Rubio addition, though, for the Suns while we're on them is yeah. actually going to help I them out I was just kidding because they're last. Yeah, I, I, know, know. I, know. I don't want to actually talk about the Suns. <laughs> and, <laughs> I know. And with all due respect to the Eastern Conference, I mean, until Kevin Durant comes back, which won't be next year, then we're going to have uh, the Milwaukee Bucks and 76ers, I feel Vegas like. Vegas odds have uh, Sixers and Bucks as the top two, for sure. Cool, cool. All right. Well, that's a, a little NBA discussion. A little NBA discussion. Who did you pick, by the way? What do you mean, to win the to whole win thing? To win the West? Oh, to the West? Uh, you I, I, the I, question. I, I mean, you got to have an answer. answer. Yeah, no, you're not, gonna, you're not even going to pick one? I don't know. I'm not, it's, it's too early right now, man. Too early right now. You, give so, me some time. So you want to ask us who we think is going to win, but you're not going to pick one? All right, go ahead and give me the Lakers because it's LeBron, and I feel like if he doesn't go to the finals, then... Something you know. I think that's hurt. the other thing is is we had we went an entire playoffs without LeBron, so this is gonna be his remember me year. Like he's gonna have to come <laughs> out and really just. Oh, you guys forgot about me. Show what's up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really what's gonna have to happen. I'm taking the Suns. Huh? Okay. Uh, well, what are the Vegas odds? And I bet you get some down. good money on that. Aren't they the jumbo shrimp now though? Ooh, I see what he did there. Yeah, uh, I did a thing. You did a thing. <laughs> Jacksonville jokes. Jackson, Jacksonville jokes. Duval, Duval only. Are you, you going to answer the phone call we have here coming up in the next segment or not? We have a phone call here. But... There's somebody on there. Yeah. We can get back to that. Okay, we'll get back to that after the yeah. break then. Yeah. yeah. We have a phone call. We still know how to answer it without Brent here. It's all good. That's exactly it. We'll have more right, <laughs> right here on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Hey, welcome back to Action Sports Jacks Radio here on ESPN 690. For those of you on the video stream, man, were you in for a treat during Sorry. that break? Austin Lane, uh, you know, his normal mid-show meals, uh, but doing it with an ice cream scooper because that's where we're at. Uh, another- oh, hey, don't want to call <laughs> yeah, anybody out. You gotta, you hey, gotta- Cox Media Group. Can we get some plastic silverware in the in the lunchroom, please? I mean, it's up to you to to keep one keep one handy. All right, let's yeah. let's get to the phone lines where we are now joined by the head coach of the Jacksonville Armada under twenty three side, Aaron Pitch Colon, good enough to join us, and plenty of soccer talk picks to uh, talk about. Coach, uh, how you doing? Good. How's it going, guys? Thanks for having me on. Great to have you on. Uh, how much soccer have you been watching lately? I know this is a really busy time of the year for you. You guys had a match on Saturday. You got the playoffs coming up as well in the NPSL. Have you been able to really enjoy and take in all these matches, both on the women's and men's side? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, especially yesterday. Yesterday was uh, was definitely a super super soccer Sunday. I feel like you had uh, just about everything. You had uh, some some Copa America, some Gold Cup action, and then the the women's game, obviously, but. Uh, yeah, I don't think my wife was too was too happy with me yesterday. I, I told her as soon as we got back from from Miami that I was going to sit down and these were three games I was going to watch. So I was pretty much useless on Sunday. <laughs> yeah, I mean, a lot of people certainly were. Uh, you talk about the men's game, the women's game, of course, the Copa America final, and even some MLS games thrown in there as well on on that day. As for the the women winning that World Cup. How big of an accomplishment is that for for U.S. soccer to to repeat? 
as a World Cup champion and and to do it the way they did it in such a dominant fashion? Yeah, I don't know if you see that that often where a team comes in, you know, reigning champions, and you know they did they they dominate from the from the first kick really, um, you know, starting off the game, <laughs> winning by that margin. I think maybe Thailand was at 13, 13 nothing, and they never really looked back after that. So you know, to to kind of come in and be the you know be the tournament favorite and then just be as dominant as they were for the, the entire tournament was was very impressive. Hey, what's up, Aaron? It's Austin Lane. How you doing, man? How are we doing, Austin? Doing good, doing good, doing good. So I got to ask you, with, with the, the USA, with the women's national team, I mean, the story with them the past couple World Cups is they're always the most athletic, the most talented group. But we're starting to see uh, an, an, you know, an uprise now of other countries um, getting more, more funding, getting more talent, more athleticism. I mean, would you be surprised in the next four years here if teams are actually probably equal to the U.S. women's national team, or do you think they're still going to be ahead? Um, you know, that's tough. I, I think it's, it's kind of an individual thing based, based on your country. I know the, you know, the U.S. has been dominant for so long. So, um, you know, obviously there's, there's going to be catching up from other, other countries. And I think the women's game has grown a ton in the last, the last decade, especially. So, um, you know, four years is a long time. So who, who's to say, uh, what exactly is going to happen? But I think, um, you know, the rest of the world is, is catching up and as, as people start pouring, um, more money into the, the women's game. I think the the, the competition and the uh, the playing field is definitely definitely going to even out a little bit. And I feel like so much of that, as we're joined by Aaron Pitchcola and Armada Under 23 head coach, I think so much of that comes from academies overseas, where these big clubs are, you know, bringing up players through the ranks. And I feel like that's something you get a chance to see firsthand as you've been coaching this under 23 side with a lot of guys that have come through the Armada Academy's ranks. And it's not just boys, but girls as well that are learning under this uh, Armada umbrella. How, how big is that Academy structure as far as developing the game goes? Yeah, it's massive. I mean, when you, when you look around the world and, and, and teams that, that are developing players, they, they, invest in their own own academies and invest in their own 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 players and i think you you see it a lot i mean every every top professional club around the world has their own um youth structure um on some level some level and i mean if you look at i think ajax of amsterdam the the team in holland that they have uh you know a great uh reputation for for building players and you saw them um you know really make it far this year in the champions league and it was all you know with 18 19 20 year old players um and i think that's kind of what teams now in the U.S. are trying to emulate. You see a lot of the, the MLS academies, and I think the, the Armada kind of has a, a jump start on that as well because they've they've had a youth academy involved with them um, from the get-go. So I think it's kind of unique here that, you know, we have a lot of players on our team that have, have come up through, through the academy and um, a lot of young kids who are now going into college who are, who are now playing for, for our team and getting that exposure. So I think it's it's fantastic for, for youth development and, um, you know, kind of, Getting players that platform where they can they can show themselves and improve as soccer players. Celebrations were uh, definitely a big topic in, in this Women's World Cup, and I know you've been around the game for a long time. I mean, I don't need to hear your opinion if it was cool or not, but I want to hear what was the craziest celebration that you ever took part in playing in the game of soccer. Craziest celebration? Um, I don't know. I think. I've seen it a couple times around around the world, maybe not at the top level, but you'll see you'll see players, uh, you know, in the lower levels in the in the second division and so on. There's fans are basically right on the field. So I've seen 
I see teammates of mine, you know, grab beers from from teammates and you know, participate in a, a little beer chug action uh, after the celebration. <laughs> nice. Yeah. They would they would love uh, that in Milwaukee for sure. Yes. Yeah. So I think depending on on where you are, there's uh, you get a good beer sponsor out of that one. I like it. No doubt about that. You you have to love the. Josh Lambeau field goal celebration. A lot of people uh, who maybe don't know, but you were actually teammates with Lambeau way back when in the FC Dallas days before his kicking days when he was a goalkeeper. you got to love that he has got the soccer flair every time he puts one through the uprights for the Jags. That's right. He's uh, He's got a pretty good soccer background. And, yeah, I remember, remember playing with him. Uh, he's a goalkeeper back in the day. He was he was still really young. I think he was – I think when we first met, he was – I was probably 23, 24, and he was probably like a 17-year-old kid who just got drafted in the, into Dallas. So, yeah, I've known Josh a long time. He's uh, He's got some really good celebrations. He's uh, he's pretty creative with those. I think the fans like that. Uh, they like seeing the ball go through the uprights, too, so that's uh, <laughs> certainly a, a very nice thing to see. Let's kind of switch gears to the U.S. men's national team uh, before we jump into a little Armada talk. Of course, you guys got a big playoff game coming up on Wednesday. But with this men's team last night, they, they fall in the Gold Cup final 1-0 to Mexico. Uh, opinions are mixed on that performance. Is it a positive step forward? Is it a game they should win? Where do you kind of fall when you watch the way they played? Obviously under Coach Berhalter, they're kind of still figuring things out a little bit. Uh, are they where they need to be as they're kind of getting closer and closer to that next World Cup qualifying? Yeah, I like I like the direction they're headed. I think the you know Berhalter definitely has a style that he likes to play, and um, I think everybody's kind of buying into that now. Um, you know, with some of the coaches in the past, maybe they didn't, they kind of lack that direction. So, um, I think it's good that they have this, this idea of how they want to play in style. And I think that's just going to grow with, with time and as all the players get more experience, um, with Greg. But, um, yeah, obviously the result wasn't great last night, but I thought the, the overall performance, I mean, they had chances to, to score as well. Mexico had a couple balls cleared off the line. Um, and, and, you know, Mexico's always a tough opponent. So I think overall that the, the team's headed in the right direction, and you know they still have, you know, a couple of years to grow and, and learn more with uh, with Berhalter. And I think that you know they've got a clear clear identity of how they want to play, and I think that's just going to be, um, you know, that's just going to improve as, as time goes along. Aaron, you, you mentioned like how they want to play and then the schemes and everything. And I'm, I'm a very casual soccer fan, but I've always been curious. Um, and, and you're a coach because you can answer this question as well. But when you look at a team, you know, I mean, do you kind of take the players that you have and do you make the system work for them, or do you kind of grow up in a system that you're in favor of and you kind of make the players adapt to that system? So is it more the players adapting to the system or the system adapting to the players? Yeah, I think each each situation is different. I think with a national team. Um, you have a little bit more time and you can, you can select the players, uh, that you want to play in a, in a certain, certain way. So I think, uh, Beralter has that, um, ability to kind of select the players that he wants to play and, um, you know, use this possession idea, possession based soccer and, and building out of the back and all that stuff. Whereas if you come into a club team and, you know, the players are kind of the players and you can transfer a couple here and there, but, um, you can't, you know, do wholesale changes and bring out a whole new team and bring in a, bring in a whole new team. So I think, um, it, it's kind of situational. So I think, um, both of those work. I think with a national team, you, you have a, a wider pool of players to choose from. So you can kind of pick, um, pick and choose a little bit better and, and adapt to your system. Um, you know, you can pick the players for your system as, a, as opposed to the opposite where you're, you're in a, in a club team and you kind of have to, you have, these are the players you have. You can make a couple adjustments on your own, but, 
um, you know, you kind of have to use these players as, as, as best you can. What has that been like for you this year? This is your first year as a head coach. You obviously got to be an assistant with Mark Lowry, uh, a year ago this year you're you're the guy in charge and you've got all these young players who are there to be developed and to to get better and you know the team has had some highs it certainly had some lows and as you guys head to this playoff appearance on Wednesday night against a team full of professionals in Miami FC uh how how has this experience been for you to to be that head coach and to kind of learn on the fly a little bit with those guys yeah yeah it's been fun I think um kind of sitting back and, and finding these players and, you know, through, through word of mouth and kind of your, your connections um, around soccer has, has been a lot of fun. So the group we've got is, is, is a lot of fun to play with. Um, you know, college guys, some some local, some came up through the academy, um, and some are kind of all, all over the country. So we've got, we've got players from, you know, the state of Florida. We've got guys coming from, you know, up the northeast. We have some West Virginia guys. We've got some um, St. Francis um, we've got Brazilians, we've got Colombians, we've got Americans, we've got just a whole a whole mix of players. Um, so it, it's a really cool um, culture and, and a really cool um, setup that we have. So it, it's, it's been a lot of fun. And then on the field, um, obviously it's been, um, you know, pretty successful, us making the playoffs, and, and hopefully we can keep this thing going with, with another win on Wednesday night against Miami. You've certainly had the chance to to be part of this Armada group for a while now. You you served as the captain for the team. Uh, you you've been here in the NASL days. You've you've now seen the NPSL days. Just kind of talk a little bit about the the state of the team right now. I know it, it's a weird spot right now because it's it's kind of a wait and see. You're kind of trying to figure out what the future is going to be for this team, what league they're going to play in, and where they're going to. You know, there's all these question marks right now. But for you guys as a, a team and as a coaching staff and as the people who are still working day to day, you're keeping this thing going. You're keeping things rolling. What has that that been like throughout the course of this year? Yeah, I, I tell the guys to, at the start of the, the summer that it was it's a unique opportunity for them because it's, it's kind of exactly that. We're not we're not exactly sure what the future holds for uh, you know the club as far as you know what league we're going to be playing in in the future. But for right now, it's a it's a fantastic opportunity for them because they they can come in the summer and and perform well and and go back to school and and you know if the uh, Armada finds a, a professional league in the future, uh, which I think they will, that they'll have that opportunity to maybe come back and play for them um, as a as a professional soccer player. So it's you know one one door closes, another door opens. So I think for them that it's a uh, it's a very unique opportunity that a lot of other players um, you know and other clubs don't necessarily have. So it's it's, it's very um, it's a great summer for them to to grow as, as soccer players and 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 see how how much talent they can get uh, they can they can prove and show everybody. All right, that is the head coach of the Jacksonville Armada under twenty three side getting ready for a NPSL Sunshine Conference playoff matchup against Miami FC. That's Wednesday night, July tenth, seven o'clock down at Barry University in South Florida. Coach, good luck. Go go show them what the fleet can do here on Wednesday night. I'd appreciate that. Thanks, Austin. Thanks, Stuart. Thank you, man. All right, that's Aaron Pitch Colon, head coach of the Armada. And that's a segment. We're gonna take a quick break here. When we come back, drinking beers for celebrations, man. That's I mean, awesome. 
drinking beers for anything's great. I mean, that's fantastic. I feel like if you're doing the NFL, that's going to be kind of frowned upon. I feel like Roger would probably give out a hefty fine for doing that. Yeah, he wouldn't be happy about yeah. that. Unless it was the proper beer sponsor. God bless soccer, I guess, right? I feel like NASCAR, you could probably pull that off. Well, if yeah, it's the but, right one. Yeah, well, in racing, too, they drink milk and everything for the Indianapolis 500. They've moved away from the, the beer sponsors and all that, yeah. too. So. Milk now, I guess, is, is the thing. Just Indy. Yeah. Just, just, just Indy? Okay. Just gotcha. Indy. Okay. Milk. Which has always been kind of weird to me, but we'll, uh, that's another topic for another time. It is. We'll hit another topic coming up right out of the break here on Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Stay with us. Dingers. Dong Weebies. Yickety. Dong Leavies. Okay, it's called Dong Leavies for a reason. Welcome to Wisconsin. Dong Leavies? Oh, you haven't heard on the show, have you? No, I must have missed yeah, that one. Yeah, so uh, Dong Leavies, I mean, I, I don't have any aspirations to be a color commentator in baseball. Okay. I don't have any aspirations to call a game. But you better believe if somebody ever asks me whether it's a high school, a little league, whatever, to announce a baseball game, if someone hits a home run, I'm calling it a dong leaby, and that is a, it's an Iola, Wisconsin, it's a central Wisconsin term, and it means a home run. Okay. Uh, Chipper Jones coined the term yickety. It's when you, okay. when you go yard, you go yickety. Yickety. Okay, I yickety. like that. I respect that. Uh, of course, we bring this up because tonight, yes, the spectacle that is the MLB Home Run Derby. And here's, you know, when this guy, I mean... Which, it, by the way, you can hear right here on ESPN 690. Oh, look at that. <laughs> you can hear <laughs> it? I mean... Sweet. I'd probably rather watch home runs being hit, but... Right, but if you're out for a radio station. Sorry, uh, sorry, man. Yeah, hey, if you think uh, watching the home run derby is cool, listen to balls getting hit off bats for the next three hours. And then the guy will say things like, Dinger! Dinger. Whatever you just said. Dong Liebe. Dong Liebe. Say say it with me. Dong. Dong. Liebe. Liebe. Liebe, yes. Liebe. Dong Liebe. The old Dong Liebe. Dong Liebe. There you go. Use it, man. If you get a chance, use it. But uh, yeah, the home run derby is tonight. I don't feel like I don't feel like our relationship is at a, a high enough trust level to where I can just take something you say is okay to say and then just say it, having no idea what it is. Well, I'm gonna be honest; I don't use it out in public at all. So See, this, yeah, <laughs> broadcasts generally are in public. Okay, yeah, maybe okay. there's some like uh, term that I don't know what it, what it really means. I just remember old people used to say it all the time in little league. So like the the fans, the parents used to say it to us. So that's a dong lady right there, Lane, because. I hit so many of them, but anyways, I have one, by the way, in your in your in, entire life, in my entire uh, baseball life. And, okay, and there's an there's a caveat to that because it was in softball. Yeah, um, in softball class at the University of Florida, I took a lot of uh, BS classes. Yeah, and I'm not talking about Bachelor of Science. You know, I, I got you. Yeah, no, I I got a letter saying to stop taking PE classes when yeah. I went to UF. But that's a story for another day. Fair enough. Uh, softball, wind was blowing out. And First it was, of all, softball. So Softball, but full, do you, do but, you, but full field, like 300 feet. Okay. So, like, that's hard, it's hard to Under, do now. Underhand softball, though? Uh, yeah. 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 I'm still taking it, man. I was, I'm, not, uh. I'm not a power hitter. Video stream. <laughs> not a large person. I'm not a power yeah. hitter. Yeah. I was a leadoff guy. Okay. I'd get on base. Speed. speed. I'd use my speed. I was a center fielder. Mm-hmm. I did not hit dingers. Or Dong Liebies. There we go. Nailed it. Um, I hit some inside the Parkers. Sure. But I wouldn't count that. Sure. First over the fence one came, I think it was sophomore year at UF. Yeah. And I was I was just doing cartwheels around sure. this, this field. It's a great feeling, man. I can only imagine what it's like for these guys who are going to hit 50, 60 of them tonight. 
Real quick story. When I was on Dana White's Contender Series, yeah. um, we had to do a press conference. Each fighter had to do one. And somebody asked me if this is one of the greatest um, moments in my sports career. And I said it didn't even come close. And I then went on to about a five-minute story about my Little League uh, days back in 1999 when I hit a game-winning home run to go to the state semifinals. Uh, and that was my greatest moment of all time, which it truly is. But um, people were not expecting me to tell a story from Little League uh, for about five minutes. I bet right now you wish there was a radio broadcast of that, like there will be tonight on ESPN 690 of the MLB Home Run Derby. It's a good call. You know what? That ball may have finally landed a couple weeks ago. Like, it, it was hit that hard. You didn't hard. get the ball? Oh, yeah, I actually got the ball. Okay. I was trying to spread the legend of the story. Sorry but to kind of kill the there. But My anyways, but, uh, let's get into it, though. And before we kind of break down what we think is going to happen, Christian Yelich is out, so... I don't, Former Jacksonville I don't, son. I don't even want to break it down and tell you the truth. I mean, once he was out, I'm like, I'm not going to watch it anymore. But... Are you, are you really not going to watch it? No, I'm going to watch it. I keep ruining your things here. No, it's all good. But Keep building the suspense. In terms of all-star games and um, basically the events that go with them, you know, like the ones that stand out obviously now is like the slam dunk competition, the three-point contest. You have uh, like the NFL skills challenges that they do now. Um, Is the home run derby probably the most entertaining all-star event of sports? Yes, and I feel like it probably used to be the slam dunk contest. Yes. Because that had a huge buzz for so long, and I know Coos probably still loves it to this day, and Coos probably loves the skill challenge where they have to throw a pass through a tire. <laughs> I bet you really love that part of it. Um, <laughs> the bounce pass through the, the tire. bounce pass through a tire. Riveting television. It's still fun to watch okay. from time to time. I'm not going to argue that it's like better than anything. Okay, tire. Got it. Um <laughs> But yeah, no, I I probably would have to go with, with the home run derby, and and they've made it pretty exciting just the way they have it with the the brackets now, and you're going head to head with guys, and I feel like they've really fine tuned it to where you're taking what is the most exciting part, really of, you know, the game of baseball, of and, and that's the reason why baseball has shifted towards really every game, especially in like parks like Cincinnati and Yankee Stadium. Mm-hmm. I mean, some of these parks, you're getting a home run derby anyways. True. It just happens over nine innings. Yeah. So to to condense it all into a, a shorter time span, yeah, I mean... I mean, well, without a doubt, like, listen... If, if it sure beats guys skating around the ice as fast as they can for a lap. Well, time out, though. Back it's, pretty in the day, it's pretty high on the list. Yeah, that's pretty fun back in the day. Now, they've kind of changed the whole dynamic of that, too. But when you're talking about the home run derby, yes, you, you touched on the big topic. It, it's the most entertaining part of baseball. Like, if you go to watch a baseball game, what's the best part about it? It's the home runs. Now, maybe... Five percent of you, the, the, the folks out there, are going to say, oh, I'd rather see a pitcher's duel than a home run derby. Yeah, cool. Watching a pitcher's duel at home uh, in the convenience of, of your television might be cool. But I'm talking about being live in person at a game. It's all about the long ball, man. It's always been about the long ball. So I agree with you. I think the home run derby is probably the biggest all-star event. The NBA dunk contest for me was up until the top athletes stop doing it because you talk about the home run derby you have some of the top athletes you have some of the biggest names in baseball uh taking part in this the nba can't say that anymore you know i mean it, it's not the days of the michael jordans it's not the days of the dominique wilkins and now yes dwight howard i think back in like 2008 or you nine have zion saying no yeah zion's already saying no i'm gonna be honest because i can't tell you won the championship uh, the dunk contest last year the championship the dunk contest last who won it does anybody know I, I can't think of the guy's name and I'm sure it was a great dunk, but that's my point. The last one that mattered was when Iggy got robbed. 
Didn't the guy from the Magic win recently? I don't know. See, see, oh, I don't Depot? Even, I'll, no, I so, don't so to me, it's something the, with a mascot. No, it, it was Aaron Gordon and Zach Levine. Okay. Aaron Gordon, I think you're or thinking Zach, Nate Robinson. Was that? Nah, no, I don't, I don't know. No, it, it was Aaron Gordon and Zach Levine. Point in case, I pay attention to the MLB home run derby. Well, <laughs> no, exactly. But that's exactly my point, though, Stuart. Like, yes, Aaron Gordon now is starting to become more of a household name. I mean, he's probably the biggest star in the land of Magic. Uh, Zach Levine, I mean, I think he's still in Chicago. He's okay, you know, but these aren't the big name guys. Like if LeBron James decided to do it, um, I don't know, just pick your stars. I mean, Anthony, I guess Anthony Davis would be kind of cool because he's so lanky. Like if those guys vouched up and were like, yeah, let's put on a good show for the fans, it would be great. But they don't want to do it, whether it's because of injuries, because the season's too long, whatever it is. Now, I would be in favor of this. The NBA is talking about, you know, shortening the season. If you shorten the season by 20-something games, then make the guys do this, the same dunk contest. Say like, yeah, we'll shorten the season, but the pro has got to do the slam dunk contest. That's what I'm thinking. I think the thing that I like the most about it is the mix of the players that are going to be in it. You, yeah. You always have the, uh, you always have the hometown guy, which you're going to have in Cleveland with Carlos Santana. But this year, there's so much young talent that's going to mm-hmm. participate in it. Uh, Vladdy Jr. in there. You talk about Pete Alonso, the former Gator, playing for the Mets and just shattering records. Uh, Ronald Acuna. With the Braves, it's going to be pretty exciting. I we bring in now South Beach Gary. Gary, who, who do you got in the home run derby tonight? You excited? Is this is this must watch TV for you or must listen radio? No, I don't really care about the home run derby. But the song of the day is going to be uh, "Sister Christian" by Night Ranger. It's going to be the song of the day of the day. Uh, yeah. So, in a way back machine. Now I wanted to talk about the uh, the NBA free agency. I thought it was so funny. But the Clippers and the Nets, the little brothers in both of those cities, and the, the the two largest cities in America, the downtrodden, got the num the number of of the the big brother. They they got the better of the big brother. Yeah, at least in, certainly in free agency. Um, and we'll see how they do. Well, we know the Nets are going to do better than the Knicks on the court. Uh, we'll see how the, the Clippers do in relation to the Lakers on the court this upcoming year. But it, it is interesting how some of these two-team cities uh, ha- have been able to, to get some love for that other team, if you if you want to say the other team in that market. Yeah, finally, the, 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 the talent spread around where it's not just a two- or three-team league. You we don't even that. have to bother to watch the regular season of the NBA. You knew it was going to be the Warriors or the Cavaliers. Now there's six or seven teams that, that legitimately have a shot, I think, and uh, finally. But let's give a little love, guys, to Mr. Wolf yesterday, who eagled 18 to win 20 years old, a swing reminisce, reminiscent of Arnold Palmer or Jim Furyk with the whirling whip-like finish, to eagle 18, uh, what, fourth or fifth start, Stuart? Yeah, uh, you know, he only turned pro only turned pro a month ago, and he actually won the NCAA individual title earlier this year, which is really cool to see a guy succeed on that college amateur golf level, and then bam, jumps right into the pros and, and wins in in uh, dramatic fashion. That was really cool to see, and uh, you know, it wasn't the strongest of the fields, obviously, when it comes to the PGA Tour. But I mean, you're talking about going toe to toe with a guy like Bryson DeChambeau, who is certainly won at that highest level. Uh, great, great stuff for for the Wolfman. Uh, so, Still, though, to Eagle, cool. to Eagle 18 to do it, though, that, that, yeah, that, that's exactly. clutch. That is a clutch. Yeah, the wild thing is DeChambeau actually eagled, eagled it first, was in the lead for a second, thought he had, the worst was going to a playoff, and then sure enough, 
Wolf comes through there. Gary, thanks so much for calling, and uh, thanks, guys. you bet everybody else who wants to dial us up, Star Star 690 is the way to go. Uh, we're going to take a quick break here on the show. When we come back, oh, we're balling and falling, my friend. Oh, we're balling for sure, man. Greatest knockout in UFC history. Put it down. Certainly the fastest. Certainly the fastest. We'll talk about that next here on Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Another classic moment for those on the video feed. Oh, I'll start singing pretty soon. Austin Lane just just vibing. This is every country song that's ever been written. Hopping in that truck, push it to the limit. Yep. Going to the water and home. Gotta skull citrus pouch. Oh, bring it back and where it's the remix, cause. Okay, I'm done. Yeah, you good? That's all I got, yeah. I feel like Brent wouldn't stand for this as he is a oh, no, he always does, connoisseur man. of the country no, music. Every time the song comes on, I always try to add a little remix okay. to it. I sing it. So right. he has to deal with it just like everybody else has to. I like it. Yeah, it is yeah. what it is. Uh, until that song gets... Uh, I, have, I have no need to defend country music, so... it's I'm more of an old school country music it. guy. Yeah. I like the beat to some Bring of it them. Back. Yeah. This is the lyrics just... They get me sometimes. Exactly. They're not as good as your lyrics. That is for sure. Thank you, man. Well, it's pretty much every country song's lyrics ever made. I just put in. But yeah, you know, there's a watering hole. You're in a truck, chewing whiskey. Yeah, that's about it. That's a country song. I mean, I like some of those things. Well, they're great things. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I mean, I like to go swimming. Yeah. I'll throw a little chaw in every once in a while. Every once in a while. But um, yeah. So I mean, I'm, okay. not, I'm not hating on yeah, it, man. Yeah, I'm just saying yeah, every song these days in country music. Kind of sounds the same. I know I'll probably get a lot of backlash on Twitter with that, yeah, you know, and that's cool, man. I'm cool happens. with it, but I'm just uh, telling it like it is. All right, as you continue to tell it like it is, let's uh, <laughs> let's jump into balling and falling, shall we? Balling. Uh, well, this past Saturday was the biggest UFC card of the year. Two thirty nine. Um, it was epic. Yeah, two thirty nine. And uh, do the, the numbers even matter anymore? There's been nope. so many random offshoots. And, oh no, the numbers know. don't even matter anymore. Yeah. And the biggest fireworks didn't come from the co-main event or even the main event. They came from a matchup between Ben Askren and Jorge Masvidal. Uh, let me preface by saying this. I was at, can I say the name where I was at? That's fine, right? Yeah, anyway, right. yeah I, was, I was at the Ale House sure. on, uh, on Hodges. And usually when you watch fights at a big pay-per-view, yes, you deal with a lot of crowd people that you know are MMA fighting fans, and sometimes they drink, and sometimes they get rowdy. Whatever. I was just there to have a good time. Not drinking. I have a fight coming up myself, so didn't want to get uh, too crazy. And um, got to avoid those aldehydes. Have to build those aldehydes, and unfortunately, yeah. So there was a gentleman who I guess was a former amateur fighter who recognized me. And listen, I'm 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 down to talk sports, man. I'm down to talk fighting. It's all good. But um, he saw I guess one of my fights, and he had some advice for me of uh, how to finish somebody. So he goes up to me. He's like, "Hey, you used to play football, right?" I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. I played for the Jaguars." He's like, "Oh, that's really cool." He's like, "Dude, I got this choke that you got to try because." Every football player would be great at it. And he's, I'm like, okay. And he's like, when you hold the ball high and tight, you know, like a, like a running back, I'm like, I get that. He's like, do the same thing for a choke. He's like, do you want me to show you? When he said, do you want me to show you, I assumed he meant just like, yeah, show it to me on air. No, I was sitting down. He was standing up. He literally comes around my neck and chokes me. 
In front, of, in front of the whole entire bar. Yeah, you know. Uh, yeah, and I, I tap him like, all right, man, got it. Thanks for showing he'll, me that. He'll tap a room. Thanks for showing me that choke. Yeah, he's like, yeah, next fight, use it. I'm like, probably not, but I appreciate it, man. And that's not the first time that's happened. I've also had a Muay Thai expert. Uh, this isn't the same night. This is a different night. Uh, but during UFC fights, show me how to throw a kick prop. He's like, dude, I saw your last fight. You know, you're not turning your hip over. And I tried to explain <laughs> to him, like, well, yeah, usually, you know, like when you get in the cage, I mean, you can throw a kick for power, but it takes a lot longer. So what I like to do is I like to, when I start out with the fight, I throw a couple check kicks. I throw just kicks out there so I can get my distance. Um, I don't turn my hip over. But he basically, and I kid you not, in front of the whole bar, kicked my shin like three or four times and showed me how to throw a proper kick in the middle of a bar. Sorry for going on kind of a, a tangent. Sidebar. A little sidebar. little sidebar, but I, yeah, sometimes that happens, I guess, yeah, in fights. Yeah, but anyways, getting back, yeah. getting back to the best knockout, I think, in UFC history, Jorge Masvidal, Ben Askren. To try to set the story real quick here, Stuart, there's three types of MMA fighters, I believe, okay. um, in the UFC, or in mixed martial arts in general. Sure. There's the humble mixed martial artist. Austin Lane. Uh, Maybe. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd probably say so. Like, I haven't like, heard the like other a, two. but Like a like a George St. Pierre, like an Anderson yep. Silva, guys right. that are really skilled but are kind of quiet. They don't okay. need the, the, the spotlight. Yep. There's the freak in nature. The freak in nature Johnny would Bones be Jones. Johnny Bones Jones. Um, it would be, uh, I guess, like... Even Brock Lesnar when he Brock was Brock Lesnar, Francis Ngannou, things sure. like that. Yep. And then there's the entertainer. Yeah. And the entertainer is the mouthpiece, if oh, you will. Yeah. Um, names that come to mind right off the bat, uh, Chael Sonnen. Chael Sonnen um, was famous for talking himself into fights. He talked himself into the John Jones fight, talked himself into the Anderson Silva fight. Now, not to say he's not skilled, because he's very Correct. skilled. But you have to remember, if you're the mouthpiece, that means that maybe something's lacking in your skill set from an entertainment standpoint. And when I say that, I mean grapplers. You see these days, grapplers or slash wrestlers that have a really good style, but it's not the most entertaining. Um, you know, can kind of be boring to watch, okay? Nothing against them, it's just sure. the way it is. And when you're in the sport of sports entertainment, um, you have to kind of make up for it with talking. And that's what uh, exactly happened here with Ben Askren. Now, Ben Askren, for those of you people that don't know, Ben Askren is a gentleman that uh, kind of came out of nowhere. He, he fought on some smaller promotions and everything, undefeated, but is a world-renowned wrestler. Um, he was a, is a former Olympian, didn't win the Olympics, but competed in the Olympics, a great catch wrestler, they call it. And he had some pretty good success his first fight in the UFC. They gave him a, a baller right off the bat named Robbie Lawler. Uh, he faced some adversity. Askren puts him in a bulldog choke, basically kind of like a headlock, uh, for those people that don't really get MMA, and put him to sleep. And now they threw this guy by the name of Jorge Masvidal. At, uh, at Askren, and these two immediately didn't like each other because, like I said, there's two types of MMA artists. There's the humble artist, there's the freak in nature, and there's the, entertain- there's the entertainer. Jorge Masvidal grew up with Kimbo Slice street fighting oh in, in backyards. Yeah. Doesn't play around. Doesn't like the entertainment aspect of the MMA, doesn't like the jokes, and Askren being the entertainer that he is, is all about trying to talk himself into fights. So this fight went down. Um, it was a classic grappler versus striker matchup. And if you watch the fight, and this is literally five seconds, but... Yeah, just take five seconds out yeah, of your day. But uh, Jorge Masvidal was literally just standing against the cage smiling. And Askren, you know, was getting ready to come at him. And what ended up happening, and this is something that Jorge Masvidal planned on doing, but he threw a flying knee right off the bat. Literally sprinted towards the center of the cage, threw a flying knee, Askren and knocked Askren right into out. It. And what happened with Askren is the fact that when you're a wrestler, when you grew up your whole entire life... You shoot. Yeah. And, and now, it's just muscle memory. One would think if you're asking, be like, 
wow, this guy's sprinting at me. I should probably get out of the way because something crazy is coming. But when you're arrested your whole entire life, it's it's your fallback. It's your fail-safe to try to shoot for a double. And that's exactly what happened to Askren. Askren shot for it because it's muscle memory. Masvidal literally knocked him out and then proceeded to taunt him sure um, in the cage. Uh, and then also mocked him getting knocked out uh, by kind of, I guess, bringing back plank- planking, if you yeah, will. Yeah, so, did the, the dead fish. Yeah. Yeah, but, so balling. Ballin, UFC. UFC and Jorge Masvidal, man. Oh, man. We'll hit Fallen as well as my balling coming up. After a break here on Action Sports Jacks Radio on ESPN 690. I will tell you what, anytime Austin Lane gets going on MMA, the man cannot be stopped. Can't stop. Well, that or talking about people that want to show me moves in the bar <laughs> yeah. uh, of MMA, too. Well, we love the fun side stories. Yeah. But I guess it's funny because you think about it, MMA is the only sport where people feel like they can give advice even though they've never been in the cage. Sure. Like, you know, like with football, I mean, yeah, you play high school football, maybe there's some advice you give to the NFL player. But, like, what do you, a lot what of people do you have know? never been in a sure. cage, yeah. and they want to, yeah. But, hey, I mean, I'm not hating on it. I'm just saying. It is funny how that works. Yeah. What uh, <laughs> what time is it right now? What time is it? Uh, it's 5.02 and 30 seconds, according to our studio clock. Okay. But right. also, it's happy hour. Oh. And if you're concerned with happy hour after the fourth fourth giving fourth of July uh, fourth giving, I'm sorry. Did you say fourth giving? I, I said fourth giving. Uh, the fourth of July break. Um, man, I guess maybe I'm hitting the happy hour a little bit too hard. Happy fourth giving to you too, ha- man. Happy fourth giving. If you're hitting happy hour after fourth giving, um, oh boy, man, you might have something wrong. But hey, enjoy yourself, I guess. Grab a drink, get a shot, sip your star tenders, and if you're in a bar during a UFC fight, I guess give some advice about how to fight in the cage. Throw on a headlock. It's the official tequila of Forksgiving. Also of the happy hour <laughs> horn, a locally owned tequila right here in Jacksonville. Made in tequila, Mexico, shipped directly to Jack's Beach. Make your own recipes with the Vita de Luis tequila, the smoothest tequila you'll ever taste. For locations, recipes, and merchandise, visit Vita de Luis. Dot com and be sure to drink responsibly, sure. especially on Forksgiving. Forksgiving, man, that might be a new thing. It's trending on Twitter already. Well, see, the reason I said Forksgiving because I still have the word fork in my mind because that's what I've been searching one. for for the past hour and a half. Well, and you, I had to use an ice cream scooper to eat my dinner. But you would have found it on Forksgiving. Forksgiving, there have been forks up plenty. All right, let's, you're, you're balling. Yeah, let's sure, keep let's the balling and falling going. My balling is to Colby Halter, a rising senior at Bishop Kenny High School. Uh, got to play where the Home Run Derby and the All-Star Game are going to be tonight. Uh, they had a high school All-Star Game on Saturday. Uh, pretty cool for Colby to go up there and represent the National League. It was kind of arbitrary which league you're on. But uh, got a base knock. Nice. Uh, got interviewed by Harold Reynolds mid-game, which was kind of cool. Harold Reynolds was running around the field doing interviews with players 
as they were playing this this high school baseball all-star game. That's pretty legit. So, like, he was standing in center field next to the guy, hoping it would come to him. And, like, they hit it to left. He's like, go, run that way. Like, it, it was really uh, awesome. It was entertaining. Yeah. It, it was taking the on-field interview to a new level. Let me ask you this quick question. Sure. High school baseball. Yes. All-star game. Yes. Did they shorten the porch, or did they actually have? No, they, they, did played, they played in the park. Yeah, played real, any, any, real fences. Uh, any home runs? Uh, I didn't see the entire okay. thing. Yeah. There might have been. Gotcha. I'm not 100% I mean, that's, sure. It's a pretty long maybe porch for a high using, school kid. Maybe if they were using Major League Baseball balls. Now we're talking. Because those things are juiced. The conspiracy is real. It's real. It's out there. How about yep. falling? Speaking of real, oh, didn't think this was real. Thought this was a joke. Thought somebody was trolling. But this is actually a real thing coming from the Bleacher Report football Twitter page. And when I say football, I mean soccer. But, sure. Uh, from the soccer page, uh, on the picture, before it was deleted, was the hashtag One Nation, One Team. And it featured, after the U.S. Women's National Team won the, the World Cup, it featured not all the teammates, but most of them, um, in what seemed to be like a drawing, like a colored pencil drawing, where they're featured in the front. Okay, that's pretty normal. Sounds good. What was really weird and kind of awkward was what was featured behind them. Who was featured behind them? Um, such celebrities, such American celebrities as Iron Man, Will Smith, Will Ferrell, Taylor Swift, the cast from Modern Family, Jay-Z and Beyonce, Ellen DeGeneres, LeBron James, Kobe Bryant, and the list goes on. Oh, I'm sorry, Angelina Jolie, I feel like. Brad Pitt was there, too. A couple kids from Stranger Things were in there. Jenner, yep, Jennifer yeah. Aniston, the cast of Stranger Things. So they're all... Who, who wasn't in there, though, Austin? Who wasn't in there? Yeah. You, I don't know who. I don't know. Five, six, seven of the players oh, yeah. on the actual Whoa. team? No, I mean, Dad, so the whole team wasn't in there. That's what I said to start the thing uh. off. So the whole team wasn't in there. But also, who okayed this at Bleach Report? Who went to an artist, hired the artist, went on Craigslist, whatever you do, maybe on LinkedIn. I guess LinkedIn's still a thing. And goes, hey, we need an artist to draw up random people in pop culture, whether they're real like Jennifer Aniston or fake like Iron Man and Captain Marvel, and we're going to have you weave this tapestry of great Americans and put them right behind our women's soccer team. Obviously, it didn't go over well on Twitter, and after about an hour being on Twitter, uh, they deleted the picture. As well they should have. As well they should have. That thing was, uh, no offense, but an abomination. Oof. <laughs> it was. Dude, how do you think I know, it I'm, I'm 100% okay. with you okay, on this. Okay, don't disagree with no, me on I'm this. No, I'm completely just, with you yeah, on this. Yeah, it was I just... Uh, how do you leave off the player, some of the players on the team? I know. I just, that, that, that one. follows my mind. Jill Ellis, head coach of the team. Not, I know. On, not on the No, picture. but it's okay because we got, I think, Jay Cole's on there too, so we're all good, man. Oh, gosh. You're falling, sir. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with the Jumbo Shrimp Deniers. And, okay. And we have... We have a lot of people who love history and tradition, and, and that's good, and that's fine. And, you, you know, I love the people that love the, the Jacksonville Suns, and forever it's going to be the Suns for them. But at this point, with the success that the Jumbo Shrimp have had, not only on the field, actually on the field they haven't been that good, but it doesn't matter because it's minor league baseball. Um, <laughs> the, the success that they've had from a marketing standpoint cannot be denied anymore. You could say, oh, this was a bad idea. What did they do this for? What This is ridiculous. Well, uh, just announced for the second straight year, the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp in the top 25 teams for licensed merchandise sales across all of minor league baseball. Enough said, haters. So for all the deniers that think this was a bad idea, 
it's not a bad idea. Yeah. Minor league baseball is meant to be a fun, enjoyable experience, and this is helping to spread that to other people. And it's it's amazing because I keep seeing pictures of people with shrimp hats mm-hmm. literally everywhere. You know, all parts of the world. Our, our buddy from the the Jaguars PR staff, Alex Brooks, he had a shrimp hat at the USA final for the World Cup. Wow. He was, which, by the way, m- minor flex there to be like, <laughs> oh, hey, I'm here at the World Cup final. Yeah. Um, but which is awesome. Um, jumbo shrimp hat. So I mean, you yeah. know, it it's just really cool to see, you know, how much steam it's picked up. Is it a little kitschy? Yes, but. Hey, who cares? Minor league baseball is kitschy, man. man. That's that's the point. Th- this is coming from the the Wisconsin utter tuggers, if you will. The old like, utter tuggers, yeah, man. I'll I tell mean, you what, it, it's kitschy. It's all about branding. It's all about selling merchandise. I, and then, like you just said, yeah, how long it's working? How long do you think they're gonna milk that? Oh, good one. Yeah. I, 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 that might be the pun of the. I said a flex today. Let's just go pun of the day. Sure. But I will say this about this on. I listen, bring something to I the was, table. Uh, I, I'm not gonna call myself a denier. Okay. But I was a little bummed to see the Suns get renamed for the one specific reason of when I first got to Jacksonville in 2010 when I got drafted here. Uh, like the third or fourth day I was in Jacksonville listening to the radio and I heard the commercial for the Jacksonville Suns. Don't Best know, jingle ever. D- thank you very yeah. much. It, it, dude, I heard it for the first time. I was so enthralled. I literally listened to the radio some more so I could record it on my cell phone. Because I couldn't find it on YouTube. Record it on my cell phone. I got a copy of it phone. if you need it. Yeah, no, seriously. Yeah, I need no, that. I that. And uh, send it to my friends back home. And they all loved it, too. Just well, for whatever reason. Well, and, and I'm not telling people to stop wearing their son's gear. I've got a son's jacket. i got a son's hat. I still wear them. Mm-hmm. It's still, you know, now it's throwback. Now it's vintage. It's cool now. Yeah. And part of this merchandise sales includes some Sun stuff. They do still sell an occasional Suns thing in the the team store. In fact, one right now that they're selling says Jacksonville Suns. Baseball's never been hotter. As okay. you mentioned, the yeah. the great catchy uh, slogan. And, and and you know what? To be fair, Jumbo Shrimp, Shrimply the best. Tina Turner. I mean, that's a, that, that's a close second. My my love's always going to be for the Jacksonville uh, the the Suns uh, jingle, but Shrimply the best well, is it's, right it's up there built too. too because. Uh, they didn't come up with Shrimply the Best. That was in a fan T-shirt design for last year. Oh. That was the winner of the 2018 T-shirt design. Okay, and it was Shrimply the Best, and now it's the catchphrase for this year. So Shrimply the Best. You know the the community embraces it, and the Jumbo Shrimp are doing very well in that merchandise department. Fair so that's enough. why the deniers are falling. All right, I love it, man. Yeah. <laughs> When we come back on ESPN 690, we still got Stan Your Lane coming up. Also, I kind of touched on at the beginning of the hour, well, I'm sorry, at the beginning of the show, are there any free agents out there that the Jaguars should maybe take a little look at? Hmm, little Jaguars. And I'll tell you what, right now, there's one name on there that I've been campaigning for since the first show who Brent can't stand, but Brent's not here, so guess who's going to break this player down a little bit? You better believe it. Find out who it is next when we get back to ESPN 690. Welcome back to ESPN 690. Going to get into a little Jaguars talk. You know, I mean, it is kind of the dog days of summer right now, but there's a couple tidbits out there that I thought were interesting, especially uh, after I saw a list of free agents that are still available in the NFL. Um, some free agents that maybe the Jaguars should take a look at now. I understand, yes, they got to pay Yannick Ngakwe. Going to eventually have to pay Jalen Ramsey. Miles Jack, probably going to get a new paycheck as well. I understand all that. 
But like I've been campaigning on the show for a while. I don't think the salary cap is real, Stuart. I think it is a conspiracy. I don't think it's real. I don't think the salary cap exists because there's always loopholes and there's always ways around it. With that being said, I think the Jaguars should sign some of these guys. Your thoughts? I say the same thing with our TV station. I mean, there's there's always this money. I mean, come on, Pete. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, now, every, yeah, everything's malleable. Everything can be shifted around and mm-hmm. moved around, and you can make these things work. It's just a matter of does this person fit? Yeah. Do, you know, you, you've been working these things in the off season, and will they probably sign some people? Yeah, I would imagine that that very well could happen uh, before training camp starts, and and then you of course get that that big upgrade period right when you make the cuts, when you uh, you cut that roster down after after those preseason games, and there's some pretty you know decent guys on the market that are like, oh, they didn't fit there. Maybe they'll fit for me. Yeah. So you've been teasing the fact that you wanna you wanna stump for a guy, uh, Brent Martineau would not be in favor of. To quote Brent Martineau, oh boy, this guy is way too old. No, absolutely not. Okay. And this conversation took you're not, place. You're not, you're not talking about Brent Martineau, right? You're quoting him. Oh, <laughs> oh okay. Uh, no. no, no, no. Okay. Gonna, just, he's not here to defend himself, just, so I'll keep checking. that under wraps. But I remember we had this conversation at the Senior Bowl. So it was literally like one of the very first weeks of the show. Uh, I talked about this guy, and Brent said he's too old, but he's still on the market. And I think he's intriguing, especially because as, as I look at the Jaguars roster right now, Stuart, like, yeah, well, they, could they use like another wide receiver? Perhaps, but guess what? No one's really available at the wide receiver position. Des Bryant's there, but come on. You're not going to take Des Bryant. The tight end position. You got Jeff Swaim. You know, you, you have Josh Oliver. Josh Oliver's shown a lot of promise. I mean, he hasn't worn pads yet, but he has shown a lot of promise so far. Jeff Swaim, I think, has uh, one touchdown in four years. I think he's more of a blocking guy. We'll see. I mean, there's not a lot of band-aids that you can put on right now at the tight end position. Okay? There's, they're not there in free agency. What about, what about that Antonio Gates guy? Is he too old? Oh, that's a good point. But I think Antonio Gates, if he was to come back, it'd probably be insane. Like, do you see him going to another team? Yes. No. Uh, he could be like Tony Parker with the the Hornets. True. And how that pan out for Tony yeah, Parker? Worry about that, man. Yeah. Worry I mean, about that. I think Antonio Gates is the type of guy who it's either going to be L.A. or maybe like the New England Patriots, like towards the middle of the year, because yeah. he's a guy who's on the back nine of his career, who I imagine wants to win a Super Bowl. So nothing against Jacksonville Jaguars. Come on down but, to Jacksonville. Yeah, nothing against Jacksonville Let's Jaguars, go. but I think the Patriots might be a little more intriguing uh, to him. But uh, uh, a position that I think you could always add to. Uh, a position where, if you look at the way the league is set up these days, you need to have it, and that's a change of pace back. You look at the Jacksonville Jaguars roster right now, you got Leonard Fournette, who they want to mold him as three-down back. They, they want to make him Ezekiel Elliott. They want to make him Melvin Gordon. They, they want to make him Todd Gurley. I mean, they drafted him high enough where he should be that, but with injuries and, and things, and having TJ Yeldon as a backup too didn't hurt, but... The way the NFL is going now, the pass-first offense is not saying the Jaguars going to go that way, but you have Nick Foles now. Nick Foles, who's played in a system where there has been a lot of pass-receiving running backs. And I'm not saying Fournette isn't that guy. Fournette can catch passes out of the backfield. But you know what you're going to get with him. You don't have that change of pace, that slasher, that burner. There's been a lot of hype with Alfred Blue. We've talked to some uh, some sports people in Houston who really liked him. You know, he's kind of a jack-of-all-trades. But in terms of... Receiving out of the backfield, that's not his calling card. Same thing with Thomas Rawls, uh, a guy who spent some time in Seattle who is really like another Leonard Fournette reincarnated. You know, the guy runs downhill, north to south, lowers his shoulder. Great running back when he's healthy, 
But once again, not necessarily the biggest pass-catching guy. So when I look at the list of free agents and I look at, well, could the Jaguars pursue a change of back kind of guy? And don't get me wrong. I mean, we're in the dog days of July right now. There's not a lot of options available. But the one guy that I did mention who is still available is Darren Sproles. Darren Sproles played with Nick Foles in Philly. Darren Sproles, I want to say, had 50 receptions in one season. And that, granted, that was in a Chip Kelly offense that right, was right, geared right. towards running back. But Darren Sproles has played with Nick Foles. Now, yes, Darren Sproles is up there in age. He'll be uh, 36 on September 36. 1st for and the that, upcoming and season. The thing, Stuart. 36 years old, yes. Played in Philly last year with Jay Ajayi, who's another free agent who is intriguing as well, but I think is going to come with a little more of a price tag. And there has been some questions whether he's a good locker room guy or not. But when J.H.I. went down, I think Darren Sproles was relied on to be a little more than just every once in a while third down kind of back. Because that's all the Jacksonville Jaguars would need him to do. That's all the Jacksonville Jaguars need. They have Fournette. They can pound the rock. They have Thomas Rawls. They can pound the rock. Alfred Blue, same thing. But who's that slasher? Who's that guy that's going to change up the pace a little bit? I've got one for you. What do you got? He is not currently signed. Okay. Uh, a guy you may be quite familiar with. His name is Corey Grant. Yeah. Played for the Jaguars the last four years. Nobody has signed him in this offseason. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the price tag is. But the fact that nobody has picked him up yet, if you're the Jaguars, do you go and scoop him back up? It, there is a question of where bridges burned. Yeah, that's always a possibility. You you hope. Well, it, and it there's one it. question and where is experiment over with Corey sure. Grant? You know, but at the same time, yeah, you know, it's the change of pace back. I mean, New England does it all the time. New England, James White is one of the most underutilized. I feel like players in the NFL and the most underappreciated guys because when his number gets called, the guy produces. Um, Melvin Gordon has Austin Eckler. I mean, like it seems like every high-powered offense, New Orleans Saints, another prime example. We had Alvin Kamara, it was Marvin Ingram. Um, now it's going to be Latavius Murray, uh, Alvin Kamara. But the same kind of thing where you have these change of pace backs and Number one, it helps Fournette out a lot because now you don't need him to rely to get 20-something, 30-something carries a game. You can bring him that change of pace back. And with a guy like Darren Sproles or Grant, you're only asking maybe 10, 15 plays a game. Yeah. We, don't, we don't need Darren Sproles to come in and do punt returns, kickoff returns. All you need him to do is to line up in the backfield and say, hey, go run this route, and we'll try to get you the ball. Because at the end of the day, in a new offense, uh, with a quarterback new to the franchise, the quarterback's two best friends a tight end, and a running back who can catch the ball. And Darren Sproles can catch the ball. Yeah, now, yes, Leonard Fournette can catch the ball too, but he's got to stay healthy, and I think you have to limit his workload a little bit. Simple as that. So from that perspective, I feel like Darren Sproles would be a great change of pace back. Now, yes, you're taking a risk. Sure. The guy's up there in age. Everybody, injuries, everybody at this point of the year what? is a risk. Free agency is a risk. Yeah. Okay? And I'm just saying, if you're looking for a change of pace back, I feel like Sproles is your guy. Uh, some other guys that kind of stood out to me a little bit too. Corey Legit, a guy who's actually visited the Jacksonville Jaguars. Because when I look at the roster, you you have an absolute beast in Clayus Campbell, the mayor of Saxonville. Heard but, of him, yeah. but you got to ask who's backing him up because the guy's not going to give you, you know, 50, 60 plays a game. I feel like a guy at his age, and you saw it last year a little bit, his body started to deteriorate because you know why? Father time is undefeated. And it doesn't matter how much you prep your body. It doesn't matter how much time you spend in the cold tub, how much you foam roll out. Eventually, injuries are going to happen as you get up there with age, except Frank Gore. Frank Gore, 
if they could somehow bottle his essence. Crazy man. Yeah, but but my point is, especially on the defensive line. And yeah, if you're looking for that guy to to be that. You can't be the next Clay Campbell, but to, no. to be a guy that can step into a similar type role, the experiment of Taven Bryant being that guy didn't work as far as him being able to go inside-outside. As far as last year. Right. Now, now granted, I mean, he, in the future, yeah. he's one and, year and, in. And he was a rookie, yeah. you know, and he's playing out of position. I mean, that, But if you had to say right now, he is not that guy no, moving you, forward. You're not going to feel confident right. because we saw it on film last year. And, that's and like, again, it's only one year in, so you, you know, exactly. you're going to develop. Exactly, and guess what? Taven Bryant, he, he's going to back up Marcel Darius, too, at the three technique. So, I mean, he's going to have a lot of value. But how confident are you feeling if Clayus Campbell needs a spell to bring in Taven Bryant to play that spot? Probably not too confident. Now, Dwayne Smoot's another guy who's made some leaps, who's put on some weight. You've been hearing about him out of OTAs and everything. People seem to like him. I mean, that's another possibility as well. But how much experience does he have? Like, How, how confident are you throwing Dwayne Smoot behind Clayus Campbell right now? I don't know if you're really that confident. So that's why I think Corey Legit, and Corey Legit comes from a 3-4 defense, so it's different than what the Jacksonville Jaguars are probably going to run because we haven't established what kind of defense they're going to run yet. But with Corey Legit um, playing that 3-4 you know, defensive tackle slash end, I mean, that fits right into Clayus Campbell's spot. So you wouldn't really skip a beat. And another guy, too, at the same spot, a guy I have a lot of experience with, I played with actually in Kansas City by the name of Alan Bailey. Um, Alan Bailey got pretty much a max deal uh, in Kansas City a couple years ago for what he does. And for him to get a max deal playing that three technique and a 3-4 defense, that's tell you all you need to know about Alan Bailey. Now, he's a he's a shorter guy. He's not like Clayus Campbell in, inside the stature, but his strength is off the charts, his explosiveness is off the charts, and really it just came to Kansas City where they couldn't afford to keep him. Now, the Jagos would never take on his contract. You'd have to restructure a contract, maybe sign him to a one-year deal, but that's another possibility as well. But I'm just saying, when you look at that roster right now and where it's at, you would probably feel a little more confident if you had somebody else backing up Clayus Campbell. This is speculation time. This is that time of year. Yeah, that's where what we're doing. Here. It's it's really it's really all you can do. Which we yeah. we'd love to hear from some of the folks out there. Give us a call. Yeah. Star Star Six Ninety. Who would you sign right now of the available free agents? Go do a quick Google search. You can see who's out yeah. there. And then there's one final guy here too that I played with again, and you're bringing him on for his versatility and his leadership. Eric Berry. Yeah. Um, you know, when you look at the, the safeties right now for the Jaguars, you got Wilson and Harrison. Two, I mean, Ronnie Harrison, for a rookie last year, did a hell of a job. And you got to feel confident with him going forward. Uh, but there's a qualifier Wilson, on that for a rookie. Yeah. Dry uh, Wilson, I mean, another guy who they, they just re-signed. Expected to do big things this year. Fantastic. But if one of them goes down, what happens? You know, so sometimes depth's not a bad thing, and Eric Berry is a guy who can play both the strong safety, the free safety spot, who was literally the bona fide leader of that Chiefs defense when he was playing. Another interesting guy as well, but once again, has to come for the right price tag. So those are some, some of my thoughts, man. All right, let's uh, we'll keep the conversation going here on ESPN 690, Action Sports Jacks Radio, plus stay in your lane. Darren Sproles, come surfing, man. we got great beaches over here. Go surf with Conley. Be Go great. surf with Conley. All right, we'll be right back. <laughs> We're going to get to stay in your lane in just a second. But what, can we talk about coups for, for a minute here? We can, we can always talk about coups. I mean, and look, I'm not in here the three hours a day like you and Brent are. But this guy, what, what are we doing with this guy? What's going on here? What happened? He's I, I missed something. in the Avengers movie. Oh, I know. And I know the backstory behind it, but that's an awful backstory. Look, my, because my friend saw it without me, so I'm going to spite him so he feels bad. 
Who lives like that? We've literally seen every other one together. Answer this question. Have you seen Spider-Man Into the Multiverse yet? Or, I'm sorry, in, in the Spider-Verse. Oh, yes. Yeah, saw I saw that. it on the flight, remember? Oh, did, you, we talk, did you like it, though? You yeah, I liked it. it. No excuses, by the way, because it's on Netflix now. Oh, I just rewatched it the nice, other day. Yeah. Nice little name drop Beauty. there. Um, when do you go see Avengers, man? At this point, it sounds like we're waiting until it's on Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> what in the world? You can't, I'm going to spoil it for you. you, you, right no, you I already know what it. happened. You okay. can't see... Well, I, I was going to say, you can't see Spider-Man until you've seen But Avengers. to be fair, yeah. I haven't seen Captain Marvel either, so I got to like... Yeah, you don't need to see that one. You're good. Okay. Oh, wow, man. Captain Marvel? It's a great movie. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. You can see Avengers without having seen Captain Marvel. Well, Just know she's an alert? awesome person. Spoiler alert. Yeah. You can't see Spider-Man without seeing Captain Marvel. Correct. Oh, you, uh, no, the, the, the new Spider-Man. Oh, Spider-Man without Captain Marvel? No, you have to see Captain Marvel okay. to enjoy the new Spider-Man. Oh, okay. I mean, I've seen all of them. I haven't seen Spider-Man yet, but... Yeah, just saying. And right. by the way... See, th- now I got... This. See, this is why this happens, is I get three movies behind. Well, the best part, so... They're good movies. So, I ended up... Um, uh, uh, I, I went to go see the new Spider-Man movie. Yeah. Far From Home. Uh, fantastic, by Where'd the way. Where'd you go? You, far from home, like three hours away? Uh, that's the name of the movie, actually. Yeah, yep, yep. I saw, uh, saw it in Tinseltown. There it is. Uh, at 10.30 uh, in the morning, because that's, that's what I do. That's I did, what, 10.30 in the morning? Oh, yeah, man. Early I did a, uh, I think I did like 10.30 in the morning for John Wick 3. Sure. It was so random. Yeah, sure. The but, R-rated movie at 10 in the morning. But I'll Beautiful. say this, man. It's nice having those seats pretty much all to yourself, because yeah. no one's a psychopath like I am that gets up at 10.30 to go see a movie. But um, the one gentleman that was there with me, uh, and spo- that's not really a spoiler, because it happens in every single Marvel movie. There's an after credit scene. Sure, yeah. And I'm not going to spoil that, but I will say the after credit scene is tied to Captain Marvel. Ah, okay. And the guy was like, dude, did you get what happened there? I'm like, yeah, it's from Captain Marvel. And the guy's like, oh, I didn't watch that one. I'm like, well, what? Do, I'm sorry. He's like, yeah, I just didn't feel like it. I'm like, how are you going to... This is like a 30-movie franchise here. You got to see all the movies. movies. Yeah, like, how are you just going to bypass... He's like, that's the only one I didn't see was Captain Marvel. I'm like, how are you going to bypass just one movie see? out of the bunch? That's uh, why I'm back at Captain Marvel. I got to, like... Yeah, so by far, like, see them all. But, um, yeah, don't skip them. That's just weird to me. You gotta get your stuff together, Coos. Get your stuff together. Go get, man. go get some water. But I was surprisingly surprised. Okay. That good, good um, vocabulary. Keep when going. we <laughs> when we went uh, to see the Toy Story four, like second day it came out, we were the only ones in the movie theater, and I was kind of surprised by that. I thought. See, did you go to like the midnight showing or something? Yeah, actually, yes. Yeah, so maybe that's asleep. part of it. So yeah. my four-year-old wants to see Toy Story four. He hasn't seen the second or third one yet, so. Ronan, pump your bricks. Third, third one got a little dark in it, right? Well, and here's my problem. Well, I here's the thing. It. Haven't seen number two? Yeah. You got to see number two to see number four. You and know what I mean? So, spoiler like, alert. It, it follows a storyline. Gets dark. And as a guy, like, Toy Story is part of like, kind of my childhood. Right. You know, like, I mean, I think I was in grade school when the first Toy Story went out. So, like, I grew up with these characters. I laughed with these characters. All of a sudden, the third one, we're going through some real things with these characters. And guess what? I'm an adult now. I have feelings. I have hardships. <laughs> I don't want to go through the Toy Story universe with these problems with these characters anymore. Hey, guess what? So, Toy Story 4, I don't want to see it. Guess what? 4 takes you on that emotional roller coaster oh, yet yeah, again. Exactly. Yeah. See, like, I'm going to be in the theater with my son crying, and he's going to be like, Dad, I need you to man up a little bit. Is like, that why you go to Toy Story? No, I, I, I go to animated movies Others, to be entertained. A lot of people really like Toy Story 3, right? 3 like, was good. I, I think, think it was well, I really acclaimed. Four. You just like the new one? I really liked 4. 
Okay. And we'll, we'll pour your heartstrings a little bit too, right? It, it'll, oh, yeah. It'll make, yeah. Oh, See, yeah. I, and no, like, I'm good. Nicole turns to me halfway through it and she looks over and she's like, are you crying? And I'm like, no. Yeah, so no. Yeah, I don't need I don't that with my son. <laughs> like, that's one of those movies where I got to go watch it by myself first to prep myself. Yeah. And the second time I go with my son so he doesn't see me be a weak man because that's what it's all about. I was going to say a funny commercial could come on and Coos would probably cry during well, it, so dude, I don't the, know. The last no, I normally that, don't cry from anything, like the, but Toy Story gets okay. me, man. The last one that hit me hard was, um, what was, I think it was the Pixar one with like the, the, the Day of the Dead. Uh, oh, yeah, Coco. Um, Coco, dude. Oh. I had no idea, and I haven't seen the theater. I saw it at home. Me and my son and my wife were watching this. Um, we watched Coco. And for those of you who haven't seen it, spoiler alert, there's some adult situations in that movie. Yes. And, uh, it's good. Dude, oh yeah, but the whole time I'm just trying to keep it, I'm just like, mm, yeah. trying to keep it together, you know, try to, try, try to be the strong, uh, one in the family. But dude, Coco really got me. Uh, segue of literally all segues forever. Let's jump into Stay in Your Lane. Okay. Yeah. Uh, enough talking about, uh, sad Pixar movies. What was the name of that Pixar movie that we just talked about? Coco? Okay. Let's stay in your lane. Coco, okay. I'd... Coco Golf. And oh, talk about Coco Golf. I gotcha. There I like your style. So Seymour. stay in your lane. Yep. Yeah. Coco Golf. Listen, everybody. For those of you that don't understand the term Coco Golf, I want you to do something real quick. Now, if you're driving, don't listen to me. But if you're at home listening in the, in the confines of your own home. I mean, want... listen to them, but don't act on it. Yeah, don't act on it. Yeah. Close your eyes, unless you're driving again. <laughs> Close your eyes. Um... And I want you to think back when you're 15 years old. How bad was your style? What your what were your ambitions? And what did you want to be Ooh. when you grew up? More than likely, your style was probably whack. You had zero ambitions, and you had no idea what you wanted to do with your life. Well, enter 15-year-old Corey Coco Goff, who is doing something that has never been seen on the biggest stage of tennis. She is dominating. And now I say dominating, but unfortunately today she got beat by Simona Halp. Halp, yeah. Halp. Halp. Sounds like halibut. Halp. Um, pretty fishy name. Yeah, there we go. Uh, but this is a girl that beat Venus Williams in the opening round, made a name for herself, and just to prove it wasn't a fluke, won two more times. Once again, she is 15 years old playing on the biggest stage uh, of tennis at Wimbledon, I think, in my opinion. This is, it's got to be the biggest yeah, stage, right? Most yeah. prestigious, for I mean, sure. if you have to wear all white when you're playing it, it's a big deal, okay? Yeah. So you have this girl here who is ranked at the time 313th. Well, that ranking's going back up now. Beat Venus Williams, beat two other competitors, um, and is now kind of a household name all at the age of 15 years old, which leads me to my question. Well, number one, props to her, stay in your lane, Simona, uh, not Simona Halif, I mean, yeah, Good, good for you two for beating Coco. She's 15 years old. Hope you feel special. But props to Coco Goff uh, for putting her name on the mat, basically. But it leads me to the question. Is tennis really the only sport where a 15-year-old can come in and make a name for him or herself right away? Now, I get it. Yes. Snowboarding, extreme sports like that. Okay. But I'm talking the major sports. Any any other sport? Yeah, we were we were trying to think of something that would fit um and you can cross some off right away you can you can cross off baseball though you do have 20 year olds and 20 you know of the like that age mm-hmm. uh you cross off football obviously because the physicality you're, you're just not yeah you're still young. same with basketball i would think you can get some shooters but you would never be able to do that against the nba players yep because of the size and growth that happens as you get older 
we thought about golf. Yeah. And and it's not there for golf yet either because it, again it deals with becoming a an adult, becoming being able to hit the ball longer. And and golf that is what it's all about. You you hit that ball 300 plus yards. You know the closer you are to the next shot, the better it's going to be. As as we witnessed when you tore everyone up in the golf challenge. Thank you very much. Sure, appreciate it. So good at the simulator. I am pretty good. And and also speaking of dong leaves. I can, I can drive the ball. I can't hit it straight, Okay, but I can drive the ball. I have to get you in a home run derby and beat the derby champion There we sometime. go. There that, we go. God, that'd be amazing. But Anyhow, yeah. um, really the only thing I could think of, and, and, and certainly it's the thing I usually think of anytime I think about any sport, mm-hmm. uh, is soccer. Because in soccer, you have these wonder kids and these kids who are growing up with the game and who are able to get out there at a very young age and be able to to play. Uh, the the number one example that pops into anybody's head is Freddie Adu. It was mine. We, we talked about this story today. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 14 years old, signed a major league contract with D.C. United. 14 years old. Yeah. Now, hasn't panned out. No, because honestly, Obviously. the guy's fallen off the map. I mean, I have no idea what happened to Freddie Adu. I, I can't say... He, he was on teams that opposed the Armada at one point. He played for the Tampa Bay Rowdies in the NASL. Yeah. Uh, most recently, he played for the Las Vegas Lights in the USL Championship. So he, look, he, he's still trying. He's still trying. He's only 30 years old. Yeah. So he, for 16 years, he's been doing this longer than he's not been doing it, which is just crazy to think about. <laughs> uh, but it, it, so you could say that. He certainly did well in the fact that he got a contract and he played at that level. But even he, at a young age, was not able to break in. Christian Pulisic, 17, 18 years old, he was able to break in. So he's probably a good example as well. Uh, but I think tennis tennis well, is that sport where you can go toe-to-toe if you've got the game. But but it's so crazy to me because in tennis you need power too. You know, you need to have the speed. Um, and yes, 15-year-olds can be fast, but like from the power, from the experience, and, and maybe sometimes that's what it takes. Sometimes maybe you, you need a, a clean slate. You you need this young talent who hasn't really been on the biggest stage, but she's not nervous because she doesn't know what to expect. I mean, would you say with Freddie, I do, would you say the biggest thing that happened to him was more mental than because he had all the physical? Yes tools right yeah it was just they pushed him too too, hard too too much too early yeah Yeah. i would i would agree with that yeah the 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 thing with coco too that might have helped is is doing it at wimbledon where you get that boost to your power game if you don't fully have it because every serve is going to be harder playing on the grass yeah um you just have to be able to handle the power from the other players yeah do you think that we hear more about coco i hope so I mean, like in this up. I mean, obviously, eventually, I'm sure she'll be a household name. But I'm saying, like, at, in the next yeah. couple years to come, I don't know. Will we hear her name again. I don't know the point structures for tennis, so I don't know if she's like already guaranteed a spot. She probably has to qualify for the U.S. Open, the next major. Mm-hmm. Um, and if she does, it'd be amazing to have a young American like that be be the story in in New York for the U.S. Open would be tremendous. Uh, it's just kind of a wait and see. Yeah. The the crazy thing too, and I know we're wrapping up on, on this topic, but uh, so many of these players are at a young age going down to Boca and just entering the the U.S. Tennis Association system. So like they're they're foregoing actual high school, actual college, and and getting kind of like soccer players the the academy experience at a young age. And that's just it, it's it's interesting to me. I know it, it helps them be better in the long run, but sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. I, I I've always been an advocate for people experiencing life and not just 
focusing. Well, once again, man, yeah. Props to Coco Goff, man. Absolutely. I mean, being 15 years old. Uh, My favorite video was when she, uh, Roger Federer said, hey, good luck. Yeah. And, uh, and like, she was stunned by it and, like, turned to a camera from the, the network. She's like, you guys get that? Yeah. It was awesome. Well, and, it was and just it, an awesome moment. And this is a girl whose her dad is her coach. Yeah. Sounds familiar. Williams sisters. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, her dad wanted to play basketball, but she didn't like it because she couldn't shoot the three ball. She was a, she's a bad shooter. She wanted to play tennis. That's why and I quit. It seemed to work out well for everybody. That's why I quit, too. <laughs> we come back on ESPN 690. We put a bow on the show, um, and we'll see where we go from there. Yeah. All right. Watching and listening to Action Sports Jacks. Hopefully you've been tuned in on the stream, of course, on Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, and YouTube. We do it all here. And if you missed any of today's show, you can always check out the podcast. Our boy Koo is going to put that together and throw that up wherever fine podcasts are available. Hopefully with the right spelling as well. Oh, no. What did he spell wrong? Uh, there's, some, there's some errors sometimes. It's all right, though. <laughs> I'm just messing. I'm not really messing. It's the truth. But. When, it, when, is, when does Scott show up? I was told I'd have Scott at some point this week. This is Call him whatever you want him. Oh, boy. Because I'm not going to lie, man. I, I want to hit your fashion so bad today, and I can't. Kuz is wearing a nice orange polo Lacoste. Is it Lacoste? Lacoste. Lacoste? The E is. No, 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 that's A. Sure. No, no, put the E on there. No, yeah. add the E. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. It's a classy. A nice uh, polo Lacoste shirt. Kuz, you got to share the story, my friend. Of the the spillage? Yes. Yes. So I got, like, Nicole got this shirt for me. Yep. Looks um, great. It is very nice. Yeah, it's very nice. She gets some awesome deals because she works over at TPC. Yeah. Um, and so she brought it home, and we go to my uncle's every Sunday, and we have spaghetti. And every Sunday, spaghetti? Every Sunday, spaghetti night. Are you guys Italian? Yes. Okay, that makes yeah. sense. Okay, yeah. good. So we, uh, we, we're we eating the spaghetti. Kind of spaghetti now. It's pretty good. Yeah. Um, but first bite, literally the first, first bite. bite of the spaghetti, <laughs> I drip a little bit of the sauce on my shirt. And like you said, it's orange, but there's white stripes, and then the, the middle um, is white as well. And the sauce landed directly on the only white part that really probably shouldn't get sauce on it. Tide stain pens, man. Got to get them. And when did this happen? Last week? Uh, that would have been last night. Yeah. Last night? Yeah. Why are you wearing the shirt today, then? Uh, wait a I second. Lit- no. Literally wore no. this shirt for like one hour yesterday. So you're 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 repeating the shirt. It's not a repeat. Yeah. This is an abs- that is the no, definition. That is the definition of a repeat. repeat. You I wore this shirt yesterday for an hour. Doesn't matter. It was on for literally an hour for dinner, and then we got home, and I immediately took it off, and it wasn't on before that Cruise. the rest of the day. Listen, oh boy. I'm, I'm not Italian. Not trying to sound racist or anything, but I feel like when Italian people get together, there's a lot of camaraderie and talking. It's a lot longer than an hour dinner. No, we keep it we keep it short and sweet. Man. I bet you do, Playboy. I'm, I I I promise you, you didn't. That shirt was been worn for more than an hour yesterday. Oh, and you wore the exact man. same shirt today. Kuz is at the dinner and table. And now making fun of it. Kuz is at the dinner table saying, "Hey, we got a hard out at uh, 57. Yeah, we, gotta, we got a 57 go. hard out. 30 seconds. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> we, I, I gotta go. I, I can only get one hour in this shirt today because I'm wearing it for 10 tomorrow at work. Unbelievable, man. I, I tried so hard not to make fun hours, of you. It's still acceptable. Oh no, that's what we call a repeater. This and has been it, running. It, this has been running through my head since before the show when he came in here. We talked about it because I saw the crease marks on the shirt that show it's a new shirt. It's still yeah. new. Yeah. Yeah, it's still a new shirt. Okay. So I'm like, wait, so you wore it 
and yet here we are. But it's, I see, it's, I wore it, but I wore it so little that the crease marks are still in it. I even threw it in the dryer today with an ice cube to try to get the crease marks out. Is that a thing? Oh, it's definitely a thing. I've never yeah. heard of that. That's so, cool. Uh, D-wrinkle, man. No, thank you very much. So, I suck at ironing. Okay, I never iron, yeah. Okay, uh, so here's a quick, quick, quick little hacks real quick. If you have a dryer, throw a couple ice cubes in the dryer with your shirt or your, or your pant of choice, and it will de-wrinkle it for you. It's, huh. it's kind of like a steamer. You run it for like also, eh, 15 minutes, maybe. If you find yourself in a hotel room and you don't know how to use the iron, uh, turn on the shower. Put it as hot as possible. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's what I do. Yeah, I, I, I just, just steam it. I just put my clothes on a hanger and throw it in the, okay, the bath. Because yeah. I always take hot showers, so I exactly. always put it in there with me. So that's what I do as well. Yeah. So yeah, two little uh, life hacks for everybody out there who can't iron, because I can't iron. Sorry. I can. I, I haven't in, I don't know, 10 years. Yeah, I just... I've I, got one. Yeah. I have one. It yeah. probably still works. Yep. Uh, But yeah, here we are. Here we Fa- are. The fashion, the fashion hour on uh, ESPN <laughs> 690. We're actually... Getting close to the end of today's broadcast, we we've hit quite a few topics. Yeah, uh, the U.S. women's national team was a big talker. Yeah, I uh, think it was. I mean, in a little recap, I mean, I think it was what they tried to do. They obviously wanted to win, but they wanted to stir up a little controversy. That they wanted to get people talking about it because pay is a big deal to them, and in order to get paid, people need to tune in and watch. And I think it was must see TV from them. So props spe- to them. Speaking of must see TV and must listen radio, uh, home run derby. You gonna watch it tonight after your training? I am going to watch it. I'm going to have the PlayStation View uh, triple screen on. I'm going to have wrestling on one, okay. the Home Run Derby on another. Yep. And then, uh, I don't know, we'll see what else is on TV. I mean, I, I have three channels at my disposal. Okay, so you I'm have, gonna to, take you have to find the third one, right? I do, yes. Okay. Probably oh. some Food Network or something, I don't know. So, yeah, I'll be watching it. You be watching it? I'll watch the Home Run Derby. Who's yeah. going to win it? Who do you got? Give me my guy. Give me Acuna. Acuna? Come on. I'm a, I'm a Braves fan, so uh, I would love to see the, the Braves youngster go out there and dominate this thing although i don't want it to mess up his swing yeah you know what go ahead and give me the the dark horse the eighth seed if you will okay um vlad guerrero jr just because i like his swag i like his style um and christian yelich is out so i'm just kind of bummed overall so i mean as far as players are concerned i'm I'm going for him so yeah go ahead and give me him yeah I, i like that yeah you know technically by the way the eighth seed is is guerrero yeah you're right I thought I saw something else earlier. That's all right, man. I was doing my homework. It's yeah. not a big deal. Uh, I did see Guerrero's uh, cousin. Who's uh, that? Last week. Gabriel Guerrero. Okay. Uh, plays for the Jumbo Shrimp. Does he wear gloves? Uh, I can't remember. I feel like you'd probably remember if he didn't. Because I mean, that, that's kind of sure. like, like the, the trademark of you know Vlad. Vladdy. No gloves. Yeah. Swag, man. The guy had swag for Dude, days. He's got he's got the exact same body style. It's insane. Oh, I know. Built like a a free safety or something. It, it, well, just like the way the the lankiness and the way he stands, more so even than Vlad Jr. does. Yeah. Uh, when you're comparing him to Vlad. Yeah. It's well, wild. Speaking of wild, we talked about the UFC a little bit. Yep. Jorge Masvidal made a name for himself. Didn't really get to talk about the main event, John Jones, Thiago Santos. Um, kind of an underwhelming performance. Went the distance. Wasn't John Jones' biggest showcase. Um, Santos looked like he tore his ACL in the second round and literally fought w- w- with a bum leg for another three and a half rounds. Major props to that dude. for right. just, yeah, That's a, that's a and, guy right there. And, man. And, and, and here's what I would want to see, because you look at the 205 division, I mean, there's nothing there for John Jones to do if you want to go up to heavy 
heavyweight. But if you want to bring that fight back, I think you bring that fight back. Give Santos some time off. Let that sure. knee heal. But I think people want to see that rematch because it was a split decision. Yep. And the guy had one leg pretty much the whole entire uh, match. So go and, and bring that fight yeah, back. Yeah, Holly Holm got Holly Holmed. Yeah, I know, right? It, it kind of comes full circle, yeah, right? The, the leg kick to the head. Absolutely. Good. Uh, that was a hard one to see. That was a that was a fun that was a fun card. I'm not gonna lie. I yeah. you know I pop in and out uh, yeah. for some of these events, and uh, I certainly don't pay for the events. But I, I find a way <laughs> find a way to watch these things. And, and now we're uh, shut down again. Oh gosh, come on, get out of here. <laughs> I let someone else pay. Yeah, there we go. ESPN. Yeah. Yes. Next time I'm going going somewhere where somebody can put me in a headlock. There we go. Yep. Ale House it is. See you there. All right. We're going to do this all week, folks. Uh, Brent's out, but we're going to have a lot of fun. So. Yes, we are. Stay with us here on Action Sports X Radio all week on ESPN 690. Because we're a new shirt next time. Come on. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.